0: are you a brewhead? head i'm a brew head are you a brewhead? head i'm a brewhead. head y'all are brewheads. yeah we brewheads. heads so pour a glass of craft beer we can do this yeah What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 38 of Beer another Street Podcast, Adjunct Series, Quarantine Edition, this evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is a brewery I've wanted to talk to for a long time. I really don't know why we haven't done it to this day. Um, this is a brewery who, uh, like I found on my uh, Facebook memories, it came up the other day, drinking some of their OG stuff from 2011. Um, these guys were definitely a big contributor to um, getting me into local craft beer. So I'm super excited to talk to these gentlemen right here. We're bringing in Liam and Ben from Nickelbrook Brewing. I'm pressing applause. You guys can't hear it. But yes, welcome, boys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. It's uh, great to meet you both, and I'm happy to have you here.
1: Love it, man. Thanks for having us.
0: For having us. Pleasure. Pleasure, indeed. Um, It's going to be a good one. Um, One of my favorite stories about Nickelbrook, it was, I think, I would arguably say the first brewery in Canada that I ever went to. I had uh, my friend. who I used to have a co-host a few years ago. He was with me, and he just got caught up in life. So he, him, and I went on our first ever beer trip. In, I think it was like April 2011, and we went to Nickelbrook, and we met. I believe it was John Romano, who was the was he the brewer at the time? No, he's the owner. The owner, but what, who was? Because I know there's John and Peter. One of them was the brewer. I think it was John, right?
2: Uh, well, he never they, did it. have been brewing. They're both the brothers. Were 11 Yeah, 2011.
0: Holy so uh, that was when was everything was in was bottles. It Ryan? Not Ryan. L- no, no, no. It was before Ryan. Long before Ryan. Um, uh, it was. It, it was definitely John or Peter. And we were just a couple of dudes. Didn't know shit about beer and stuff like learning. And we went in. And this was when it was like you. you had a real sizable, um lineup. There were all bottles, like the twist top bottles
1: green apple pilsner baby yep
0: the green apple the um wasn't that the gluten-free one the gluten-free one um there was there there were headstock was was there back then um the maple porter that was one of the ones that came up the other day in the memories and the best part about this is why i've always always had a soft spot for Nickelbrook. not just because it was the first proper brewery i went to but he just saw us and he was like yo do you want a tour we're like like us like, all right, sick. And he took us downstairs. This was, I don't know if it's the same facility, it is,
2: yep, it is yep. the same
0: place. Okay, amazing. Yeah, he just took us downstairs and just made us feel special. And, like, you know, once again, now we because of the podcast, we obviously do this all the time. But, like, at the you know, that was the first experience, and someone just treated us like gold. We're like, what is happening here? It was just really, really cool. And ever since the end, that's, um, you know, we bought like Two of every single thing. Like, just give us two of everything. Probably Boy came out of there with a case, and we were on a beer trip. We filled fill the trunk up, and it was just really, really cool. So, I've always had a, a big soft spot, and just been really following you guys closely over the years. So, um, I love what you
2: guys do. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. that's a classic Italian hospitality from John. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John's pretty good. He loves to talk. So, if you give him an ear, he'll yeah. he'll, give it, he'll <laughs> go, he'll, man. I'll- how long was the tour?
0: It must have been about 45 minutes. I, guess. <laughs> I, but, I wouldn't. <laughs> two hours. <laughs> yeah, minimum. You know, took the whole afternoon. We had to sleep there. Yeah, I don't yeah, actually remember. can't
1: imagine what the uh, <laughs> the brewing, uh, like uh, the craft beer scene in 2011 would have even been like. like. It was like, it wasn't great. Us in Great
0: Lakes? Yeah, there was you guys, Great Lakes. We went part of that. We went out to, um, to Wellington when it was this tiny little place. Oh, yeah. Up. Oh, yeah, um, true. We went to this place called, it was like F. It was like three letters, F-H-M or something like that around the corner in Guelph. They did like the hammer, something with hammer in it. Stone hammer? Maybe it's stone hammer or something. Oh, oh, oh wow. And then oh, we went to... Pardon? Yeah, They. what else? That was in Guelph. Where else did we go? Oh, we went to Trafalgar, who is now all or nothing, I believe. Like, we went to like the OG places. Like, it was like pretty serious. And we were... Um, you know, not super knowledgeable, I actually started like not going to talk about myself all bloody time, but just to give you context we I did this thing called the three sixty five days of beer where you had to and you'll see me, I still do it, but you're supposed to take a selfie holding the beer or the branded glassware, number it, and then write a um a little just a few sentences about it and just a document and, my, and our friends in Australia were doing it and i this is my first Canadian winter I moved to september twenty ten and this was like January 2011, I started it and they, I was like, well, obviously there's not 300 beers in the world. So this is redundant, but let's do it. So we lived in Bloor and Arlington on, in Toronto and we crossed the street from LCBO. So we'd go there, we'd just buy up all the European lagers and i am like, cool. Then you discover Amber Ales and blah, blah, blah. And the only other breweries there that were you guys, um, Wellington, Bowes, um, I guess, yeah, Trafalgar, a few other things, Wellington, things like that. Maybe Muskoka yeah. back then, maybe. And, yeah, um, might have been, then, been around back then. Yeah. So it would have been the old thing. I remember that. Oh one. yeah. All of it were old branding, which is why I wanted to touch on. Saw, the OG, was Sawdust around yet? They came, I think it was 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I think, cause I don't think they're that old. Cause they were contracting at first. And then they were a little down the track. They had like the OG um, Golden Beach. I think it was one of the ones all they're like, yeah, total it. different branding. So Sawdust was another great example of, of a new, new brand as well. Um, a bunch of... Yeah. Uh, Wellington did great... So the, all of those breweries at the time was all English-focused, sort of nothing really exciting, but it was cool because that was all the stuff we could get in LCBO anyway. It was all... I was bored out of my brain of like European, macro-European lagers. And then we started just, you know, Innocent Gun, I think, were there. That was kind of funky, stuff like that. So there wasn't a lot of representation in available in LCBOs. And I guess you go to the beer store and they had even less um of anything local. And it kind of like oh, this is from here. Let's give it a crack and like bless you. Um and uh you know, it was just like a, a nice way to to do it. So we're like, ah right, fuck it, let's go on this little trip. And we ended up going to we went to Buffalo and did some stuff there as well. And uh we did like a whole like three day thing um and tried to go to as many places as possible. And it just happened to be that coming uh west from Toronto, Burlington was the first stop. So it was like right there and then it was all the rest of them. So it was an interesting time, but definitely it's a whole new world. When did you both start at Microbore?
2: Uh So I moved to Canada uh, from the UK in 2015. Okay. I started, I then did a the Niagara College Brewing course. Nice. Uh, and then around about my second semester, so, you know, I was, I was a glorified home brewer, so, I nice. My dad homebrewed. I homebrewed at university because I was too cheap to afford alcohol. Made some amazing ciders that turned out to be about 11% and was pure rocket fuel. <laughs> Tasted like petrol, but it got us fucked up and did did the job. So we didn't the spend any money on a night out. So,
1: yes,
2: yeah, so I went from that, then went into working in bars. And then my girlfriend, who was Canadian, she uh, had, her visa was running out and her master's had just finished. So she was like, let's move back to Canada. So I was like, what the fuck am I going to do in Canada? Mm. And go back to school, re-educate, seemed like a good idea. So I went and did the Niagara College program. Mm. And then, yeah, so then like eight months in, um, the head brewer at the time then, uh, Mark Horsley, he needed like uh, a, you know, a, a helping hand to clean tanks, do cellaring work, you know, do the bitch jobs that he was too busy to do kind of thing, you know, clean, work weekends, and just, you know, for me, for a student, it was all I fucking needed, right? It was a yeah. foot in the door in what is the, one of the most competitive industries, you know, today, uh, you know, so that was, you know, eight months into a two-year course. And then when I graduated, uh, Nickelbrook and Collective were still sharing that facility in mm. downtown Hamilton. And then when they split, I went back with uh, Nickelbrook back to the Funk Lab. And then, uh, you know, Pat Howell very well. He's been on your podcast. Yes. when he blood brothers i took over as head brewer amazing
0: okay that's dope yes. yeah i know mark as well so that's uh, you've worked with all those guys that's a great uh, little lineage yeah sort of. i
2: worked on the morrow mark pat and you know i couldn't have a better training group yeah yet. man
0: like those dudes are all doing some exceptional really really incredible work so it doesn't really get oh look i'm, I'm sitting here with a closed can by the way are you both drinking this already <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah god damn it this is my fault. So Hurry this up, is guys. I'm like am yeah, like halfway through. I'm
2: waiting since, 8, since uh, eleven o'clock to start drinking. So
0: eight am. Why is this not focusing? God damn it. So this this is a, a new beer, correct? We're going to get to your story in a second. Um, this is a, a new beer.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a one off.
2: It's a uh, well, Ben. You can talk a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So one of my my um my other brewer, Joe, recently Ooh. just uh, moved to Kingston. Okay. So we hired a new, and he's called Alex. He's from Collective, or formerly of Collective. Now my uh, number two, and this is his first release. Okay. Uh, I he, thought I was your number two. <laughs> hey. Uh, you know, in my life, just not oh, at Okay. Well. Okay.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs>
2: and, uh, Alex's creation was to try and do an East Coast West Coast Smash IPA. So you know we've got our, you know East Coast uh, hops with yes. like West Coast malts. Ooh. You know kind of still a bit more bitter than most juicy IPAs are but still you know heavily dry hopped and a juice bomb
0: okay and it's 6.5 yeah um what you got Idaho 7 nice that's my fave Eldorado Zythos and Magnum hops okay hell yeah it's nice and uh yeah the,
2: mag- the bitterness and then you've got those new old hops for your juice bomb
0: I love it look at that branded glassware mate not doing anything oh, else that's
2: me <laughs> what's on your it, glass Ben yeah it's a Minnesota Vikings glass <laughs>
0: <laughs> we won't tell. We won't tell the bosses. It's okay.
2: <laughs> My next two
1: glasses. Sort of Yo, tell them about your tattoo. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. <laughs> Are you sure? Let's
2: wait a couple beers in.
1: Mm. <laughs> that's okay. We have got a big one coming up, so
0: that'll that'll kick it in him. Oh, nice. This is super super dry. Yeah, I lo- I, I
1: love how bitter it is. Actually, mm. I I don't know. I miss uh I miss oh, a wow. nice big IPA. I love bitter. the
0: East meets West stuff. I think it's fascinating to me. And I'd like to see more of them with that creamy body with also like exactly what you said, that piney kind of bitterness that like balances yeah. it all out. Yeah. This is great, man. This is good. This is, this is some uh, solid stuff. So this is like, so you guys are obviously doing a lot of LCBO skews, but um, this is like a brewery only. I mean, there's a UPC on it, but still brewery only release. Yeah.
2: Mm. And so a small bit, a small bit did get sent out to uh, Manitoba, I believe. Nice. We've got it. A- Good friend there who sells good, a lot of our beer, but Love yeah, ninety percent uh, of it is sold in house, just at the brewery and on the online store, obviously. Of course. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. for 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 Alex, like you know, to, to hype him up even more. The guy used to work at Collective, which, if everyone in the industry knows, is the Ryan Morris show. So you don't really get much creative input as a brewer there. <laughs> right. So come out and deliver a bomb like that as his first commercial release. You know, I'm very impressed with the work he's done. Yeah, yeah that's Alex. great.
1: How does that? So this is his. Yeah, Craig, this is his. This was Alex's first commercial beer, like brew. So, like, meaning he'd never touched
0: or never come up with the recipe for a full scale. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, that's going to be a
2: challenging thing to do, I would imagine. Uh, I think he was more nervous and challenging. Like he picked the. Uh, he, you know, he he knew what he wanted to do from the beginning. He was very confident in that. Okay. And the only real advice he was asking for is whether he thought the hops would go well together. And, okay. you know, they're all money hops, in my opinion. Yeah. You can't go wrong. No. Like, I think it's expensive, was, but yes. Like, the questions he was worried about was things like, am I spending too much? And I was like, no. No, we, we're, we're going to charge $5 a can for it, bud. Don't worry. We'll <laughs> you. what much did you want? <laughs> it's all
0: good. It's on John. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. It's, not,
0: it's his problem. <laughs> no, this is this is great. And I guess that's that's kind of the attitude you've got to have with these type of beers if you're not throwing throwing some cash at it. It's kind of not going to turn out, and also the the, the drinkers who drink this stuff know. Like anything less than five bucks for a can with like four different expensive hops is uh, what what else, what are you doing here? What's happening? Mm. Something like, something's wrong.
2: Yeah, it sounds pressing that like in five years it's gone from like you know three dollars a can to five dollars a can for a beer, but the quality has improved across the board across the province and Quebec too. So yeah, like, you, know, you put your money where the quality is.
0: Not a question. And and the drinkers are well aware of that, for sure. Um yeah, I feel like people even more than five bucks I feel like is on the lower scale. I feel like most people be paying seven fifty, even eight bucks for a for a can of haze these days.
2: Oh you know? not not in not in Ontario. Some oh, no? five dollars six is six tops.
0: Even brewery direct? Yeah. Like ones that aren't okay. distributed?
2: Oh, that's a good point. You know what that's I mean? Because there's a
0: few like there's a few spots, um, you know, here in Montreal, and I know of some in Ontario as well that would be charging, you know, seven
2: bucks. What, um, who are the hype bros from just outside Gatineau? Is it Battery? Uh back Canada, uh, Bassberry to Bar Canada,
0: back Canada with the haze gods of Quebec. But yes. since you're coming here next week, if you want, dude, I'll tell you all the spots. I'll link you with. This Quebec is insane right now. I know we're here to talk about Nickelbrook, but I'll give you all the spots <laughs> if you're. Going along the way because it's not just Bar Canada. There's Senki and Baron, which are like fifth Baron. They're my favorite, yeah. like MVPs of 2020. Yeah. Um, Sir John in the shoot, Masorum here, obviously Bruski. Insane smoothie game is ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's there, there's a lot happening, and you're only up in Trombone, so it's, you're not you're in that little circle. It won't be too much of a thing if you just like ah, oh, let me just drop in real quick, you know? <laughs> Dude, yeah, you know, you need some after the ski fields and stuff. Ben, we got to do a tour of Quebec, man. Oh, Quebec you guys should. I want to. Wow. Yeah. I feel, yeah, they could do it. I feel like uh, you, there's, I know the Frank, airport. can we crash? <laughs> Say less. Let's go. Do it. <laughs> Fuck a pandemic. Don't worry about
1: it. <laughs> I called dibs on that couch. Or yeah, it's pretty right comfortable. It's like actually a sofa bed. Yeah,
0: it's not too bad. Oh,
2: perfect. Yeah.
0: This fits too comfortably. Don't worry. You can, uh, you know, you can go bum to bum. It's easy. So no problems. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're. A, I feel like you're a little spoon, and that's that's a compliment. That's a compliment. <laughs> little spoon. No one wants to admit it. No one wants to admit it at all. <laughs> but there's a. Uh, I know the importer who brings out brings you guys out to the SAQ here. So there's there's definitely a, a thirst for what you guys do, particularly the barrel program. Obviously, they're not going to be able to bring in this type of stuff because of the ridiculous. Interprovincial laws and it had to sit in the SAQ warehouses for twelve weeks, I believe it is, um, which is obscene. Yeah. But um, yeah, I know you can get the Cafe del Mostado, Kentucky. Um, I think they had winey in there,
1: um, and people. Use yeah, all of there. our barrel age, I'm pretty sure, is over there. Mm. Like it's yeah, like.
2: They the there too. They're amazing.
0: Which
1: one?
2: Uh, the well UP7. Not to lead into it already, but yes, the barrel sour stuff would move. Like would would be happy to sit for twelve weeks in a warehouse. It doesn't even to yeah. be- yeah, fridge cold, so Yeah. So I'm i sure don't he things might
0: things even bring him in. It's called um is it Pivot or the other one? Yeah, Importation Pivot, P I V O T. So he's in based in Quebec City, so he brings stuff in from everywhere. There's another one called Vitriol, I believe. But I think Pivot does does your stuff. Because I was posting about it, he was like, Oh, just telling me that he brings it in. So the point being there's a, a large thirst for what you guys do here. And one thing I want to see more of as someone who lives in Montreal and before COVID I was in Toronto or at least Ontario all the time. Um, like once a month. They uh there's not I don't feel like there's a, a lot of that collaboration that I'd like to see more of. It's starting to improve, but I feel like it's just a a symptom of I guess breweries like you're busy, you have to head down, you're just working, you doing your thing, and you know, you don't really sort of look up to think, Oh yeah, like there's a million other things. You going mean on. like
1: collaboration in terms of like two breweries getting together and bringing a beer together? Yes. Yeah.
0: I feel like it's happening a little more, but traditionally across the provincial just because of, you know, I'm not from Canada and I was living in Toronto first and i you know, half the people I know are there. Um, uh, well, you know what I mean? Interprovincial. So sorry. that's what I was talking oh,
2: about. Oh, yeah. okay. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, was so archaic alcohol laws. Like as an Australian and me being a Brit, like I remember just being able to go down the street buying a beer at any store, yep. cracking it on a park bench and not getting in trouble. <laughs> And yet, you know, you can't mm. even do that here. When you know, And what's the rule in Quebec? You have to be having a picnic. Yeah, a picnic, which is hard.
0: not, I, we used to just bring an unopened packet of chips. And then I had a I had a homeless guy one time be like, dude, you can't do that. Like, You've got to open it, <laughs> at least. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now we try and bring a little platter of cheeses and a baguette or some crap. And, you know, in the summer, it's great. We're next to the mountain here, so you just go to the park and bring some beers and stuff. And no one really bothers you. They're pretty cool about it.
1: Well, I mean, to touch on your collaboration, what what I've been noticing a lot um, lately is breweries actually starting to sell beers from other breweries. Yes,
0: because of the selling out so quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you guys do that? It's amazing. I love it. I wish we no. could do it. You couldn't do that? Uh, uh, you, need,
2: you need a um, tight House license? It's, uh, yeah, it's a specific
1: sort I'm of a sure license about. you get from the uh, AGCO. Gotcha. Um, mm. You know, but I see like Collective doing it, and I see Dominion doing it. Um, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a bit of fun too, and it and it and it drives business into your retail space as well, right? So yeah. it not only you know does it bring people coming to get beers that they probably couldn't you know okay. normally get easily accessible. I mean, most breweries now are doing Ontario wide shipping, so it's not that hard to get beers, but you know, like maybe I would go to Nickelbrook and get like a, you know, a beer from a brewery I, I couldn't easily get. Mm. Um, but I'm also going to buy Nickelbrook beer while I'm there as well. Right. So it's, it's cool. I love it. I, I love the collaboration of that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, that's
0: that's super fun. I noticed Dominion was doing that because I think they were obviously a lot smaller scale than you guys. So they were being dropped yeah, out doing pretty quick. Big time. Yeah. And so they were bringing in Willibald and Barncat and like Godspeed and stuff that weren't, you know, wasn't really present. And a lot of those ones didn't even have. Uh, online stores at the time. I think a bunch of them still don't. Uh, and yeah. that's something that we don't have here at all in Quebec. Like no brewery is not is not allowed. There was a law that passed yesterday and I got to look into it. And I think all it meant was that you can sell the cans on premise if you're a brew pub now, which you couldn't, oh. you still can't do. So you can go to pretty much any brewery here. If it's, it might be similar to that Tide House license, where if it's a, uh, a like Judicial is like a, a brew pub where they serve food. Yep, You can't, you can drink everything there, but then you got to go to the Dependent across the street to buy their beer. So I oh, think, weird. yeah, I think this now, I've got to look into it. But I think it means they can finally do that.
2: But um, yeah. yeah, my friend owns a brewery down on, uh, um, off, right up to Ottawa on the um, river there. I want to call it River Ottawa, but I know that's not oh, the correct name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, What's it called? Yeah, it's called uh, Brasserie à la... À, à la Alexander. De Reef. I'm going to say that terribly. Say that again. Was it uh, à la De Reef? Yes, I was, Yeah, I
0: just got some of the beers today. Actually, yeah, they're
2: great. Yeah, uh, uh, JF. Uh, I used to live with them at the college when I was at no college way. in St. Catherine. Did the program too. Uh, who I'm seeing on Thursday. But yeah, his uh, he has only just been able to get his license to sell his cans, like from their own pub recently because they contract brew somewhere else. Gallicus. Yeah. 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 So did yes,
0: they, at yeah, That's Sammy. So they yeah, they do some good stuff. I thought I didn't know they had. So Aladriev has a space, but they contract their. Ah, okay, I didn't know that. So that whole region is blowing up. I know we we are gonna talk more about Newport, but that that whole region is fire. Gatno is like out of control right now. So there's a whole—if you're going there anyway, he'll, yeah, there's like three, four spots in that area that's uh, very, very uh, like nice. change. It's really strange why that region of all places is killing it. But um, yeah, to not digress too much further, uh, Liam, tell us about <laughs> your beer history. Sorry, boys, we're all like
1: My history isn't as romantic as Ben's.
0: Uh, (laughs) It's okay. We'll take it.
1: I have a... uh, So I've just been in marketing for years and years and years, working for some pretty big companies. And um, I was always a home brewer and always a pretty big craft beer nerd. So I was always, uh, you know, had one sort of toe in the scene, always poking around. Um, And I don't actually even know how I started talking with John, uh, to be perfectly honest. I was probably just... You know, John kind of walks up and talks to anyone and everyone in that place, as you were mentioning, Craig. So, uh, you know, it probably just, I was in there, probably doing something, buying beer, obviously, because I was (laughs) a huge headstock guy. Okay. And uh, I think John and I just started talking and and, uh, and one thing led to another, and I, you know, ended up working uh, in the uh, events part of the marketing team, which is a whole other bag in itself. So obviously there's no events anymore. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so now I've taken on more of a sort of a, just a, you know, general marketing role in PR. So, um, it's been fun. I've been there for about a year now. It's, it's been a wild ride, I have to say, but, um, you know, the thing that's good about craft beer and, and, um, you know, even just, you know, specifically about Nickelbrook, it's just the, it's just the people, right? It, it's, it's, uh, it's, the business itself is, you know, it's a learning curve for me because, you know, this is my first job in alcohol, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I bring my uh, marketing with me, experience of marketing to the brewery, but I've never worked, you know, I'm learning all about the distribution channels and, you know, all this sort of stuff, pricing models and all these things. So it's, it's interesting for me, but... Um, uh, that you know, the business aside, it's it's the it's the people in craft beer. That that's what makes it the best. You know, that's what makes this job so great, right? It's um, you know, everybody in the industry. I, no, not everybody. That's not fair to say. There are some, there are some snakes out there. But you know, for the most part, ninety. I'd say ninety percent of the people in craft beer are, are, are amazing people. Um, so it's always, you know, everyone you meet, you, you know, and that's, that's part of events that you miss, you know, cause you get yeah. to meet all these different kinds of people from different breweries and all these things. But for sure, I, I would have to say, um, that's my favorite thing about the industry and working so far. I love it. I
0: agree. Couldn't agree more. That's the best part about it. It's just such a strange industry right? every, like the, like how, what other industry that has not like, not, I agree with that 90% too. Like that's a very significant yeah. number. If everyone's mad cool, and not Not only that, people like you uh, could run out of something, and you call another brewery and like, "Yo, do you have this?" And they're like, "Yeah, no problems." Oh, like it's not a bad thing. Oh, there's a brewery opening across the street, and like, yeah, sick. Now more people are going to come because I want to go to both. Yep. It's, uh, yeah, you know,
1: and I and I feel weird. like you know the industry, you know, brewing is you know, it's as old as fucking time itself. But you know, the the craft beer scene in Ontario, I think, is still pretty relatively young. So so you're pulling in younger people and I think younger people are driving the industry. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a part of that is just, you know, you're just surrounded by people like like minded that are like you, you know what I mean? And and you know, so and that helps, you know?
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely, definitely youth driven. So I don't know, because you guys are both on the newer side, I imagine that you know, like any job they probably tell you the origin story. Like are you guys familiar with You know, I know you probably couldn't speak to the, you know, with the the hopes and dreams type of thing, but like, of how Nickelbrook came together, because that's actually something I don't know.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, I
0: don't know the story at all. I mean, maybe maybe he told told us.
2: Go, baby, go. Liam, feel free to interject if you've heard different variations of the same story, because over (laughs) five years, I have heard the same story different times. But, all right, so John and Pete, (laughs) uh, two brothers, uh, their parents emigrated to... Uh, Canada I don't know when but they emigrated had their two children um, John was in sales for um, either space parts like NASA wow. like selling to NASA or selling to airlines okay. and Pete was running a chain of pizza houses John uh, just got a shiver down his back
1: being like someone's telling my origin story <laughs> wrong <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, not that he'll see this so hopefully but anyway, so the two of them came together because they wanted to either they, they decided they wanted their own business, realizing that working for something else working for someone else wasn't worthwhile, and they proceeded to buy uh, the, the property where you came to visit in Burlington, and started a you brew, make your own beer, make your own wine store, okay. and you know this was this was in like the I want to say eighty five this is <clears throat> when this started. Oh wow! Okay, and it, like it went it was like crazy busy like they, w- they were still getting the same customers from 85 <laughs> cooling up being like do you still sell why <laughs> like, so it's still like, popular but anyway okay so that happened and then uh this was probably oh definitely before your time mm. if you came to canada in 2010 yes but there was uh the buck of beer uh trend where like I and the uh big boys realizing that that's you where Collective brew. Brews out of now. Fun yeah. fact. Collective Brews, brews, brews out of Lakeport. Lakeport, that's yeah. where it was. Yes, I okay. heard that. Okay. The beer craze came in, which completely killed the U-Brew stores because, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, macro breweries can make dollar bottles of beer better than the brew it. You know. uh, <laughs> so John had all this equipment and then proceeded to be like, well, why don't we just become a brewery? So they became Better Bitters Brewing Company. And that lasted for about, I want to say, 2000. It would have been about 2002, 2003. And then they became Nickelbrook because John had two kids his son Nick and daughter Brooke. Uh, Pete has no children, so I don't think anyone got left out. But it became (laughs) Nickelbrook. Like, if it was like Nickel Peterbrook. Pete has a cat (laughs) though. He has a cat that's like his child. Well, I have a dog, which I prefer to most people. So okay. I have no issue with that. I respect that. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Nickelbrook became the namesake of his two children. Uh, and then it, you know, went along. It had the gluten free, the green apple pilsner. Um, it had three different versions of headstock one was a lager, one was a light lager, and one was a ale. So whenever they were at a beer festival, it would be like, oh, can I have a Nickelbrook? And be like, which one? And then they'll be like, there are three? and so that so they dropped the two and kept the pale ale and that became nowadays headstock um and yeah and then i think the turning tide is always going to be the ryan morrow hire uh ryan came out of the university of guelph with a science degree he went to one of the big boys i want to say the bats in london uh they hired morrow uh morrow rode the wave of you know craft beer change and you know Gave them an IPA, gave them you know a decent stout, and gave them all the good beers, and yeah, but, that that's the short history of Nickelbrook. Okay, I heard it too many times and probably has got it wrong. So, you know, I'm
0: sure there's a yeah. <laughs> okay, that is fascinating. So, when do you know when Ryan came in? Like when the time frame? Oh, uh, was that so, before you? Right
2: obviously. Oh, well before me. He, he was already at the Lakeport facility with collective and when Nickelbrook and collective were there when I joined five years ago. So I would be, I would be guessing it would have been nine ish years ago.
0: Right. And then Mark took over from Ryan. Is that right?
2: So when, when the, uh, when we joined with collective at the Lakeport facility, Mark got given the funk lab to play with, to be all the barrel sours and all of that stuff. And then Ryan was still brewmaster per se of Collective and Nickelbrook at Lakeport. And then those two companies split. Mark had already moved down to Bench. And then Pat was head brewer at that point.
0: At that point. Okay. Cause that was the one thing I didn't really understand is the whole thing with Collective and like how, what, what it was, how it worked. Like Mark explained, cause I had Mark on from Bench and stuff. and he's an Aussie as yeah. well. So I connected with him pretty well, but I, I don't think he really got into it because obviously we weren't talking about that or would have yeah. been like off things, but we didn't get into details. I don't know what the situation
2: was. So like, so Nickelbrook themselves were doing enough business out of that Burlington location, uh, that they were running, say like nine to five mm-hmm. and then collective had come in to contract brew a little bit and increased a little bit and increased a little bit more until it became a 24 seven facility. Uh, and literally they were brewing every minute of the day, packaging, uh, I think six days a week uh, literally just to keep up with demand because you know, both companies were growing exponentially and LCBO at that point was really heavily involved with in Ontario. I wanted Ontario craft to be, you know, on shelves. Mm. Uh, so they at that point decided to go by the old Lakeport facility because uh, originally when Lakeport shut down, they made the city sign a 10 year contract that they no brewery would move into that facility for 10 years. So when mm. 10 years and day one, Come became a thing. Uh, John and Pete and the owners of Collective joined together and purchased the purchase facility. Hmm. Um, why did they do it together? Well,
0: you know, like why wasn't it just Collective moved on and did their thing? Like why was it a collaborative
2: thing? Okay, so the Nickelbrook system brews uh, fifteen hundred litres of beer for okay. every like batch of beer. The Collective system, or the formerly Arts of Science and Nickelbrook, uh, which is now mm-hmm. Collective system. Can brew ninety thousand liters of beer, so it's it was too big for one company, and too so so yeah so too big for one company. It was perfect size for two middling breweries at that point, mm. and then after three years of marriage, you know, one company was like, "I'm now going to hit the tax bracket where I get screwed over, so I need you to politely leave." And then so collective, you know, decided that they were going to increase. Ex- again, exponentially, because they were then going to go to the States. They're now in Sweden, now in Spain, now in, you know, Baltimore, You know, much more countries than we are. And so they were like, well, it would be better for us. And then so then we decided to move our core brands to a different facility. And then we're doing, the you know, the Burlington facilities, all our fun stuff and sours.
0: Okay. So then because Ryan was the head brewer at Nickelbrook, and then you he was probably obviously running the collective contract yep. stuff, he was just the man in charge of everything. So he just happened to run both. And in yeah. that split, he kept that Mark run the funky stuff. Cause I know he pioneered the barrel program that you had, which we definitely did yeah. to touch on when we get to that. Um, and then uh, Pat worked under Mark. And then when Mark left, Pat took over and then he moved to blood brothers like a year or two ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's very clear. Wow. Thank you.
1: Yeah. The very-
2: eh? <laughs> Holy clear as mud, eh, Craig? A spider
1: so clear, and the
2: clear top. as this. All the way everyone leaves and I'm at the top. <laughs> and, and there you go. You're like, yeah, that's right. Last man standing. What's up? <laughs> oh my God. I love I'm it. I survived and all the spiders are <laughs> So
0: what are you going to do, bro? That's how you going to win. It's going to be the last one. Is there, what? I don't know if this is taking it too far, but is it everything, like it's all love. It was like a happy split. It wasn't any, I hadn't heard otherwise, but I imagine it was like a. Uh, was amicable
2: yeah it's all good okay good you know like like every divorce everyone's grumpy for a bit and then everyone realizes they're being children now everything's fine and everything's good okay sick okay that's good that's fascinating
0: so then i didn't know you had so you have two facilities
2: yeah oh okay. we have we have one facility and then we brew out of uh i'm not sure i'm supposed to say but fuck it no one's gonna be paying attention (laughs) we brew with wellington uh and then wellington makes all of our core brands and then uh, we have all the, like I said, fun fun stuff, sours and barrels and fun stuff. And stuff like this. Yeah, stuff like
0: that. What would be the core So would it be, um, I guess, headstock still kicking
2: around? Oh, yeah. Zap's still done. Zap's core. That's still done with you. Yeah, Zap and Raspberry and Cucumber Lime They're all done by me. And then Go the and core stuff is headstock, naughty, wicked, and naughty. And you still do all the barrels? Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, so there's like I mean, four like flagship flagships. because sort of yeah. sometimes I feel like there's so you guys are pumping out stuff. I don't, I'm not even really that sure because I'm pretty sure that Ubers that you just mentioned, which is some of the best fruited kettle sours, phenomenal in Ontario. Um, they weren't a um, flagship; they were just kind of like fun randoms, and I guess they got so popular that you just like keep them coming.
2: Is that right? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those like things where when whenever I've got time to do something fun, fit it in. Like, fruited sours sell. Like, the, they're not as hot, hot as IPAs, but you know, specific you know, times a year. Yeah, when it's warm and sunny and people are sitting <laughs> on their baths Sours th- don't
1: move in the winter. No,
2: no, freezing rain. Oh, that's now, stout so season. <laughs>
0: <sour>. <laughs> not even the barrelade cells? or like, because they're a little more complex and sort of
2: some of the more warming ones the high alcohol ones do but okay. like you know i'm english I'm, I'm, i like my low percentage beers so i'm
0: kind of i'm going to well looking. it's
1: amazing like craig we have this um mystery pack go right now well, and the, the left, beer yes. that's in the lead is the highest alcohol beer b right yeah
0: that's what everyone when i posted it a bunch of people said they voted for b
1: yeah. And it, I I don't, maybe it's the time of year. Like may, if that, if that mystery pack was released in the summer, I wonder if that would change. Like, I wonder if that would have been like the lower ABB one. Mm. You know
0: what I mean? It's a great like, point. Cause you had a mix.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, so it, it kind of, it started, it starts at what? Ben, like 3.5 and then works its way up yeah. to 6.5 yeah. and like kind of everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's one of the coolest concepts um, since you talked about this. So, much, man, I actually kind of didn't realize how much shit there is to talk about with you guys because there's so many things that you guys are doing um, that is just fantastic. So, the mystery pack for people who didn't know, the first one was 2017 on Untapped, it said 2019. So, I posted it the other day and I lied about it because I thought, I was like, who even knows what time is anymore? So, I was like, yeah, 2019 yeah. sounds right. Sure, sure, sure. And someone corrected yeah. me on Twitter. And they were like, it's actually, uh, he was cool about it. He was like, it's actually 2017. For some reason, untapped says 2019. I was like, fuck, thanks bro. Um, so basically you did four beers and three of those four beers in the first pack, there were, um, ABCD, they're marked and they're all, this is just for people who don't know what it is. Cause it's a genius concept. And I don't know if it's, I've never seen it anywhere else, a box, they're all wrapped ABCD. No, nowhere else. Genius. Um, And three of the four beers from the first pack became core brands. I thought it was two, and this uh, gentleman corrected me and said Cheeky Bastard actually was um, the the other one. Oh,
2: the gentleman was wrong. All four.
0: All four? What was the fourth one? Yeah, the
2: Sour Duplicitus, the Citra Dry Hop Gozer.
0: Ah, okay, that's amazing. So, okay, so all four of them became not core. Well, two of them are core brands, right? Meaning Wicked Awesome and Lost in Orbit. Cheeky Bastard isn't a core, is it? Yeah. Season oh it is. Season. Okay. And is then, it Yeah, no, well, okay.
2: Well, semi, semi core. It's like it's six months of the
0: year. Six Okay. So was that like uh first of all, who came up with it? And two, was it intentional for all four of them to become regular beers? Uh,
2: so the idea was from Matt Gibson, who uh
0: Yes, he was an old marketing guy, I remember Matt.
2: Yeah, He's at um no, the Royal Canadian Me now. He's he a, went through yeah, Royal Canadian Meat, yeah, and is actually now being a lawyer. He's a lawyer. Uh, yeah, he's actually a property law now. So if you're ever moving to Hamilton, give Matt Gibson, give, give Matty money. a
0: call. He's a champion. Good money, getting that real money.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's an honest good lawyer. He's not one of the bad. No one of the bad. Uh, good to know. Uh, but he, it was his idea in the marketing department, just being like, like as you said, no one's done it before. Like, fuck it. What's the worst that to happen? Yeah. Like. You know, if, if people don't like one beer, people don't like one beer. Uh, it turns out it was something stupidly close, like Wicked Awesome was, seen. was like way ahead uh, yeah. with like 50% of the vote. And then the other three had like a full uh, like 15% split. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so no one really was like, oh, well, no, none of them weren't popular. Uh, and then it became kind of like a rolling effect that we kind of had already agreed that the Lost in Orbit session IPA was going to be a seasonal two. And the LCBO would agree to that. And then the cheeky bastard came into play because uh, the uh, Bolshevik bastard, Imperial Stout, they didn't want in bottles anymore. And we didn't want to do a 9% stout in cans. So we were like, how about 4.5% stout? And they were like, oh, well, it was popular in the mystery pack. Have it. Mm. And then when the sour craze started, we approached the LCBO again being like, hey, we already have this popular sour. What do you guys think? And they... You know, we were happy with it. So they were like, yeah, definitely. Why not? So okay. it was kind of a picture of two like, Wicked one Lost was already slotted in as the seasonal. And then the other two were popular. And then the Elsevier asked them back, kind of thing.
0: No way. Okay. So it just kind of worked out. It wasn't like a cheeky thing where you were going to do it all beforehand anyway. It was
1: more just like, oh, well, people liked no. them. Like, Surprisingly, not okay, Ben. What's the zap? What's the what's the zap story? Because I don't even know that. Sorry, Craig. Uh, so I'm no. really taking over your show. Now. Le- please, okay, so, it's um, yours, brother. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You're in charge so tonight. Just the sales for dropping, and Raspberry Uber was still high, okay. and they were like, "Oh, can you guys do a new sour that would be good?" And so we had recently done a one-off, uh, uh, one of like the Funk Lab releases that was a sour IPA that um it was good and it was well received but then it was i can't remember it was just either strong or weak and they wanted something a bit more like midly percentage like five and a bit Um. so i had just like just taken over for pat and the first job i was given was hey we're gonna put a sour in the lcbo and it's gonna have your name on it and i was like what then they're like yeah yeah. come on create a recipe we're gonna we're gonna put it in in the spring so Fresh, you know, just taking over. Not any management experience or barely any recipe experience. They're like, come on, hurry it up. Make hurry it happen. Up. And so, uh, yeah. Mm. So, my yeah, my first LCBO release was Zap. And I can tell you now, I was bricking it. Oh, yeah. And then it, it, then it ended up winning a couple of awards. So, it must be – some people like it, at least.
0: That's amazing. You know? The the variant with um, – is it blackcurrant and guava? Yes. Insane. Like, that beer is – yeah, it's damn near like on the way to like a smoothie sour type of. Uh, I f-
1: I feel like Ben. I feel like that base recipe is just like perfect for. for it's the perfect like palate just to add any fruit you yes. want to that beer, and it'll just be awesome. All right. But you went uh, pretty hard on the
0: fruit. <laughs> I feel like that one was like I didn't expect it when I got that. I was like, oh wow, this is this, and I was I didn't think it'd be that good. Just because it was a sour IPA, I didn't think it would be that intense with the fruit. I'm like, wow! It just like I guess because it's already got the sour, and then you just add that the the fruit volume there, and and it just it just magic has just worked. Are there going yeah. to be more fruited variants of that? Because that's what I want to uh,
2: please say. This. Yeah, I'm, please, please do it. Uh, it's it's not even one of those things like what fruits available. It was just like what we had on hand that day, and was like <laughs> fuck, it, fuck it. So no well do. You know, people always do like the, you know, the easy one, not easy. I don't want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus, but like, you know, everyone does like mango and peach or like pineapple and something, you know, passion red. fruit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Passion. You know, the, the basic ones like blackcurrant and guava that shouldn't go together. No. Like true. it was one of those days <clears> that we were just like, what's the worst that could happen? I like guava. I love blackcurrants. Zap's already a good beer. Fuck it. Like worst case scenario will, you know, shoving in an extra big dry hop so it just tastes even fruity or citrusy yeah that will fix it and it was one of those things where we we're like holy shit this is good and we didn't fuck up for but
1: that's <laughs> i mean that's for, like the blackberry and mint right like oh, fuck, yo. you, know, you, talk to, you know you put mint on something and everyone goes oh my god you know you yeah. immediately think like well too much mint right you're 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 at the point where you might be drinking toothpaste or yeah. something right
2: but uh that was that one was beautiful man like that was um that was i can thank that one to cocktail bartending because the bombay bramble is gin um uh blackberries and mint so you're just like uh you know some soda water so you're like oh that's fucking perfect yeah itself is you know not that you know it's a bit lemony but like not exactly overpowering in flavor so you've got your heavy flavor with the blackberry you know a very small amount of mint and then you know you got your sour so it's just perfect. It's a cocktail in the glass. It is a cocktail, yeah. Know. It
0: drinks like a cocktail. Yeah, that was that was a, a fire one. I liked it even more because it was like 3.8 or something,
1: like it was really
0: oh low God. ABV. Uh, so I didn't expect it because it was one of the first beers I can remember that proactively had mint, and I was looking, I was like, Blackberry Mint? Like, like, all right, sure. The rest of Uber's there hasn't been a miss. So I'm like, fine, let's go. And I was like, yo.
1: And I think British heritage comes through in his low ABV brewing. Right. It's just where <laughs> you shine. All, all of his, all of his funk lab IPAs are like under three percent, four percent. Look at him. Look at him snicker. He loves it. He's like, yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> I love it. Jeff Blackwood just yeah. said uh, quality content, fellas. Cheers. Cheers, Jeff. It's all, uh, it's all Liam and Ben right here. Kill it. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the Uber series as well, since you're speaking about that, it's just such a phenomenal – so for people who don't know, I guess it's just a Dry Hop Sour series, right? Dry Hop Fruit and Sour. Well, it's not even Dry Hop. N- it's normal. not Dry Hop. It's just a fruit fruit oh. and Sours. Okay. So it started with uh, – maybe you can just tell – tell you guys know. Tell us the Uber story because those beers are fucking insane.
2: So it started with just a basic Berliner device called Uber, yeah. uh, which is your standard German-style low ABV uh, Berliner. And then um, I'm pr- I want to say 90% sure it was Mark's idea – to add raspberries to it,
0: okay.
2: and at the like stupid amount of twelve hundred pounds of raspberries to each tank, uh, which you know seems you know nice and easy, but we get them in these twenty pound boxes that we have to open. Oh, no. and put it in each tank. I, I, I hate this beer, hmm. but love it because it's so good. Uh, and then yeah, you know, we ferment with a fruit uh, filter out, bottle it, and it's you know if those who have seen it and those who haven't, it's absolutely bright pink the same color as the uh either the red on liam's shirt or the lamp behind him
0: yeah
1: craig i helped ben put raspberries in the tank one time and i walked out of that place looking like
2: i just murdered someone. <laughs> <laughs> the bags w- like oh we had this one girl emily whose boyfriend literally thought she had been stabbed as she walked out to work to be picked up oh, like no. you're just dripping in raspberry juice and Oh, like, I hate being sticky more than anything. It's and it's just the worst job. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to do the work to, you know, make good beer, right? So hundred percent. And then, so, yeah, from them, from Raspberry, we had Peach and Pineapple for a bit. And it's always just been one of those beers that we, the, the base beer is so good. And then whenever you add fruit to it, it's so much better. So we've done Passion Fruit. We've done mm. uh, Blackberry Grand Fruit. fruit. we grapefruit we'd have done blood orange like every year we you know crack out a couple more just because everyone loves it
0: yeah they just it's just such a great series i just yeah i definitely remember the raspberry being like yo what i I feel like it was one of the earlier i don't know if i'm I'm boosting or not i'm misremembering it was definitely one of the
2: yeah it was probably probably one of the earliest sours in the lcbo as well
0: okay even just like uh, what about ontario sort of period as far as like that level of fruit and you're like what is this like I? Uh, well,
2: it was before my time, so okay. like, so that my, that's a
0: while ago. It was before you were twenty fifteen. Yeah. Like,
2: first ship broke. Was filtering, like the third or fourth batch of the stuff. So it's at least five years old, if not six.
0: Hmm. Okay, I would imagine. I mean, who remembers anything anymore? But that back, you know, twenty fourteen, there probably wasn't a lot of beers that were like that in Ontario or Quebec, like that level no. of like fruit um, in the beer. So I've, yeah. Okay. That's sick. And it, even just, I feel like it was one of the, um, earlier is it's cucumber lime, right? The goes version of it. Yep. Yeah. I feel like it was one of the earlier cucumber beers I'd had too. And yeah. cucumber can be a, um, divisive, you know, adjunct as yep. far as like, you know, it, it can go either way pretty quickly. Uh, Jeff here is saying, I remember the Uber bottle always stood out the LCBO too. Because it's, a, it's an attractive bottle, exactly right, totally. It's you know the brown bottle, but it's got the, the raised um, logo and stuff. And the, now with the new, I feel like it was a different branding back then too. Is that? Yes, yep. yes, it was. Switched up. But yeah, that was such a, I know we're just going on tangents on tangents here, but that was like, yeah, such a fantastic uh, series. But we were actually talking about the mystery pack, and the 2020 mystery pack is actually four IPAs. Like you were yeah. saying, at the three five up to six five. I've only had A and B. I've still got C and D to go withholding my vote yet because I need to see. And I guess because I think A was five five, B was the six five, and I want to see what the rest. Um, are you guys, do you have, you know, being with the last one ended up resulting in four beers? Are you anticipating a similar result or is is it, you know, going to come down to the vote?
2: Liam, I'll give that one to you yeah, as well. Yeah, the marketing. I don't know. It's a bit of a.
1: It's a bit of a surprise for us right now. Like, again, like I was saying, you know, I, I'm very curious, uh, you know, if seasonality seasonality has anything to do with the way the voting has been happening. Mm. Um, if this mystery pack was released in the summer, I'd be very curious to see if the lower alcohol one would be getting more votes. Right. Um, but um, and, uh, you know, I don't know if I should be sharing this either, but the we, we had a vote online and, um, it was, you know, what was your favorite, um, Funk Lab IPA release of this year? And the one that got the least amount of votes, um, is the one that's, you know, winning in the, I mean, you obviously wouldn't be able to know what those beers are because they're mystery beers, but you know, it, it's the one that, you know, people said they didn't like the most is the one that's leading in the mystery pack. So it's, it's, it's amazing you know just the perception of you know like what can art can do uh you know all these things um you know lead to people's you know perception of how the beer tastes it's amazing
0: Hmm. it's a why why did you guys bring it back
1: because it's fun hell yeah Yeah. why did it take three it's it's interactive right It's it's a way for us to for people to be you know get involved with you know craft beer you know it's just it's a it's a way for us to reach out and be like hey like let's have some fun i love it it's just such a smart concept
0: it's um it's one of the most creative things i've seen it was very cool to bring it back again i feel like things have changed so much in, in beer even in the last three years that there'd be a whole new audience who never saw the original one their minds are going to be just as blown as when we all saw the first one and you know yeah. for you, you guys able to pull it off I thought it was, the most impressive thing to me was not, was like having the four beers brewed. You probably had to do them pretty much simultaneously, at least for this pack, because, excuse me, they're all um, IPAs. And from what I've had so far, they're both hazy, or at least on that style that doesn't have a ton of shelf life. So you have to nail that. Then you got to package them in the box and then get all of them into the LCBO is like a pack. I mean, that's a whole thing. So, I mean, just the, the, the feat alone of, of making it getting it out to the public is incredible uh, to me. So I feel like you guys definitely uh, have some props just for that alone. So I hope it does result in multiple SKUs regardless (laughs) because the amount of work you freaking deserve it, man. Like it's crazy. I love it. It's just, it's just so innovative. Um, Speaking of that, the, the, the segue I want to go to, Jeff just commented again, he goes, I had D and B. B tasted like Sambro IPA and D tasted like a light version of Bronin, which is the uh, high-road uh, Vermont-style IPA. <laughs> I,
2: uh, I, I got taught by the guys who uh, who work for Bronin. Uh, high-road, sorry.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm very good. curious to, to get into the rest. Um, but speaking of the uh, innovation, one of the things that... Um, the more positive, and the reason why I I now know you guys' faces is because you guys have been hosting the virtual tastings, um, that you guys have been doing throughout the summer basically since the pandemic happened. And like, whilst I think a bunch of breweries did it, you guys were just all over it. The market, like, we own a Tiffany and I own a social media agency, we do this shit like day in, day out. So I'm extraordinarily impressed. Like, Jen is phenomenal, what you do, Liam, is phenomenal, man. Like, I really genuinely. Like I fuck with what you do so heavy and the virtual tastings are so sick because you've got the the marketing push. you get like 300 plus people buying into this thing. Like that's not simple. I know you've been around forever and you're a known brewery who make fire beer, but like, you know, like you, you do a bit of both. You do the shit for the beer nerds like me, but you do stuff for the gateway, you know, the folks who are maybe coming into beer and you've got nice approachable stuff, which I very much respect. They're both equally important uh, things in beer. Without one, you don't have the other. And the virtual tastings have been great. You guys are very super personable. Obviously, you're friends and you play off each other, and it's ridiculous. Colleagues, 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 not mates, colleagues. not mates, colleagues. No. You don't really like each other. It's a, it's an act, but you're <laughs> very good at it. Um, so yeah, I thought like maybe you don't know, talk about some of the uh, virtual tastings, and we can also segue into the uh, the next one coming up on December 29th. Then maybe Tiffany and I might be popping up there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tell, tell us about them. How did they come about? Where, where did this? Um, where did the idea come from? And like, I imagine it would have been a quick pivot. Well,
2: weirdly enough, it wasn't actually any of our ideas. We have to give credit where credit is due. And our, uh, I want to say Eastern Toronto sales rep, Ryan? Yeah. So he's our yeah. uh, Eastern Toronto sales rep, Ryan Bruce. He, uh, he was on it from the start, and uh, he oh you you saw the guy he was the host of the first one he did the monologue he did the intro
0: okay okay
2: okay yes so he uh his idea and he called us all up individually and was like guys this is my idea please don't laugh me down uh (laughs) and like are you okay doing it And of course I, you know, very cynically said, well, sure, Ryan. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Like you're not going to get any traction on this, but yeah, I will say yes for your sake because it's not like you're selling 20 licensees at the moment. I will give you, I like you. So yes.
0: Whatever you want.
2: Yeah. And then out of fucking nowhere, you know, he was mildly overbearing, but uh, (laughs) yeah, he fucking, he, it worked, you know, like we all worked together. It was, it became from a, you know, what we've now kind of small down to a 4 man team. It was, you know, a big production of eight people that day. Uh, but yeah, you know, but other than that, it was kind of, I think we were the first people to do something like it. I hadn't seen anything before. No. And like, you know, like you said, me and Liam have chemistry, uh, you know, and it (laughs) colleagues, colleagues, but it, uh, it just, it just fucking worked, And yeah, (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, it's a it's a nice way, you know, especially with events not happening anymore and and you know people wanting to still interact with breweries. It was just it just made perfect sense, you know, when Ryan was like, "Why don't you guys just do what you do at events online?" And we just were kind of like, "Oh, like mm-hmm. you know, it's always the the simplest ideas that are the best ideas, you know." And we just were like, "Yeah, like that just makes so much sense. So let's do it." And um, Craig, you it? you've met Jen, and you know Jen's. I actually have.
0: I've spoken to her and eight so, times on email and text, he, he, but I've never met her.
1: Yeah, well, you, I mean, hopefully you get to meet her soon because she's she's lovely. So, uh, I mean, Jen and I sort of sat down and said, OK, I mean, it, let's take this concept and really just sort of blow it out of the water. And so we did our first couple of virtual tastings. And the response we got was, you know, uh, above and beyond what we expected it to be. Uh, You know, I remember our first one, Ben and I were like so nervous and so straight edge. And then if you go to watch our last one, we just kind of it's not that we're just a little bit more relaxed is what I would say. (laughs) Uh, You know, we're not as, uh, you know, making sure we're crossing all the T's. We're just, you know, pretty loose about it. And I think people appreciate that a little bit more now. Yeah. Um, You know, coming to know (laughs) Ben and I and, you know, we've done a few of these things now. So, um, you know, it's as much about the beer you know tasting as it is is just like ben and I, you know watching ben and i just shoot the shit and for whatever reason people like to watch that so whatever i don't know
2: i love that. uh but i always start though in that like you know when you go to a beer festival and you're a bit sober still and you're like oh i'm gonna try and enjoy every bit here and then by the end of it you're literally like making you're taking the piss of your mates and you'll just yeah. your beer. As yeah. you oh. yeah. 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 like they've all They've all like, started at a high level and then they've all slowly dropped. They just cause. They drop quicker now than they used to. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's where people um, want them
2: to do yeah, So, yeah. Coming up. So there. the. Um,
1: so the, the, the one we have coming up, the holiday party in a box, Jen and I were like, this could be the last one we do. Let's just absolutely just blow it out of the water and just try and get as many people involved with this one as we can.
2: Yeah. Because,
1: you know, there's only so much Ben and I can do. We You know, there's only so big of an audience as we can pull in. And sometimes we need our friends from the craft beer industry to join us because it's fun, you know. So um you know, this thing's just going to be just nuts. Jen's freaking out because all the back end, you know, technical, you know, stuff she has to go through with the zoom call and the lighting and making sure everybody, we had Erica on from the, uh, society Society of weird drinking ladies on our last one. And the, she couldn't get the volume to work. So it was like this weird echoing whenever she would talk and we would talk and it was like weird sort of thing. And I just saw Jen look like she was about to cry when oh, no. this <laughs> <happening>. <laughs> Poor thing. Just go, oh, oh, it was the worst. But, you know, so this one. You We're know, doing she's a. Uh, she's so, she tells me every day, Craig, how nervous she is about this uh, one coming up because you. there's, you know, it's not only one person coming on. It's, it's I, mean, I think it's we have two. like five or like, six. Oh, because you got the, band.
0: the three bands, a comedian, Austin Rin. Yeah.
1: But yeah, five. <laughs> so there's. And, it, and, and Jen managing all of it and so
2: there's while you and me just get drunk yeah
1: yeah while ben and i just
0: sit there and get drunk (laughs) (laughs) you guys are definitely scored on this one yeah i think we're doing a uh uh, like a a tech check like a few days before or something which is oh for sure it's definitely the move i think she wanted to do that and like We'll be in Toronto then. We're going to be in Toronto when we do this. So we'll be uh, – it's perfect because we'll be in the spot. But I think yeah. that's really smart. We've done stuff like this before. So what,
1: what beer are we doing
0: with you? Can I say it? Yeah, please. Yeah, we chose Whiny Bastard um, oh, because – That's Tiff, a good one. Uh, man, it's one of my faves. The whole series is amazing. So we have – Tiffany's the uh, producer of BOS, but she also has her own platform called Liquid X Happiness where she has uh, – she covers wine, spirits, beer, and coffee. So I thought, well, winy Bass is the perfect one because it's, you know, uh, barrel-aged stout in a, in wine barrels is perfect, so we can sort of discuss that. I, I, I don't know what we're going to be contributing that you guys can't. Uh, oh, no, that? but that's part
1: of the fun. We're going to be like, winging well, it, eh? It's <laughs> going to be this, but on our platform, it's just the best. <laughs> Yo, to be honest, that was really, uh, I was
0: very, very happy that we were doing this. I really wanted to make sure we fit this in before we did that so I could like connect with you guys and be like, all right, cool. We have a rapport. We know each other now. We can just go crazy. Yeah. Cause like, I That's do this. So yeah. Losers. Not to be like, Lucky. hi guys. Pleasure to meet you. I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> I know. Like, just cause like I do this, whatever. We do usually a couple BOS podcasts a week. I have another podcast I do. So I'm used to this, but I feel like I know how many. These these views don't go concurrently, so there'll be a bunch right. of people, and it changes constantly, and then the views will come after the fact. So I'm never nervous. I don't give a fuck. I do this all the time. But on your platform, when I know and I've seen on the Zoom call when I've been on them, you can go to the view where you're seeing. You keep scrolling across, and it's just people and people and people. For some yeah. reason, that I felt, I was like, "Oh fuck, man! I'm not at home. I'm not in my usual setup."
2: Yeah. I hadn't met
0: these guys yet. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say to bring any value whatsoever about this fire. Uh, we'll beer. take good care of you. Guys. So, don't worry, I'm. Uh, yeah. I feel. I we feel. <laughs> I feel much more at ease now. Yeah, but I'm really looking forward to that. that is January? January, December 29th. So it's two days before yep. New Year's. Just a little bit of a party thing. The box, I believe, is forty dollars. Um, I'll put the link in the description. I did not do that. Which includes shipping. Includes shipping. That's amazing, and you get six beers, right? It's six beers. Which is, I mean, 40 bucks for six beers. I wish I
1: had the list in front of me, but I absolutely do not.
0: (laughs) I actually could probably pull it up in the email, but I I feel like people could just go to the website and figure
1: it out themselves. It's going to be Hazy (laughs) Naughty. So we're, you know, our naughty neighbor, we're hazing that baby up. Really? Dry, I, oh. I double dry hopped it the other day. Oh, I bet you did. I bet you did it well. Ben dude. let me let ben let me put hops in the tank for the first time. It was Liam's
2: time. idea. The whole beer is Liam's idea. Perfect.
0: Look at you changing the world, Liam. one one. Hop, this
2: time. Look at me. I'm like, I'm so <sighs> proud
0: of you. I just met you, but I'm proud of you, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Actually, like all my colleagues, that's my tanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I respect that. I wouldn't let him touch him with all of you either, dude. But I feel like Liam Liam's uh, flannel. I would I would let him I would let you touch it in that flannel for sure. No right? question. Absolutely no question. I believe you. No pants.
1: Just you don't see what's no, no, no.
0: underneath. You know, if you, I'd be disappointed if you were wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> like bitterly disappointed. Don't stand up and ruin my, my visual. Please don't stand up. There's no pants. <laughs> <laughs> um so okay, so there's Hazy Naughty. So, there's whiny Bobby. Hazy
1: naughty Whiny bastard. Um, are we, is Winter Wizard in it? No, I don't know. I think yes. Winter Wizard, yes, the one we're drinking right now. Yes, it's going to be in there. Uh, I mean, and the rest are just bonus. I don't know, those are the big ones. I don't know what else is. You there, can't have a good. It's all. It's all online. Go to nickelbrook.com.
0: Are You remembering that, Ben? You yeah, feel like you remember. <laughs> You feel like you're remembering more. Speaking of that, should we get into the uh, the next beer? Yeah.
2: Definitely.
0: Which is, uh, do you want to, I'm going to go grab it. Do you want to just, I'm going to let you guys, I, I trust you. Uh, you know, you can say anything crazy that you want because uh, we're uncancellable at this point. Um, you want just maybe tell us about this beer um, while I go fetch it? Yeah, be, yeah. Do um,
1: your thing. I'll be 30 seconds. All right. All
2: right. All right. So,
1: Hey, Ben. Me. Ben, let's get out of here, man.
2: Oh, sweet, we can finally bolt. Ben, let's, let's get the hell out of here, bro. we can we pretend we're not in different rooms and actually like, you know, live our <laughs> life. It like we've always wanted. Yo, Craig's creeping me out, man. Let's get out of here. <laughs> is Tiffany even there or is that just like, you know, the body? <laughs> oh my god.
1: What? <laughs> what <laughs> beers did he say he was gonna go get? UP seven. Oh boy. I like, like hey, no no no. I that's an old boy as like, oh boy. That was that's what that old one. I'm work.
2: proud of this one.
1: Oh that's a good one actually. It's actually it, it's my favorite UP. Really? Yes. Did you try six? Yep.
2: But with six 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 won the wards, remember? Six What? okay. Six was the yeah. I paid. I paid for it to win an award.
1: <laughs> what a miss! What I miss! Uh, <laughs> uh,
2: just talking shit about you, man.
0: Sick. No, yeah. no problem. I would talk shit yeah, about me do. too. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. So, long story short, no, um, we we're talking about the
1: UP series, and I said to him, "This this one's my favorite." Okay. Because I don't know why. I just this one uh, just. My palate is on board with this one more than the other one. I found the other one to be a bit, um, like red wine vinegary. Oh, but like a is red. Oh,
2: red wine vinegar is the best thing. Yeah. Oof. See, some people love that. Wow. Um. So this one is uh, just geez. a bunch of golden sour barrels, which were in a. Uh, it was a mixture actually. So some were in chardonnay, and some were in uh, gin barrels, which the. Best thing I've ever seen is they were these huge oh, two and a half liter uh, wood barrels. Okay. Which they wouldn't tell us which uh, distillery they were from. So they were, oh, they were the best selling so, barrels of my life. Okay. Like just imagine all those like gin botanicals. But the only issue is, ish, uh, only issue was when we got the barrels, we were told they were coming for a morning delivery. Okay. And they didn't come until like five o'clock. So we put them in place to be filled. Yeah. Yep. Then we proceeded not to fill them until the following morning, but I proceeded to go out for a friend's birthday <laughs> that evening. So I came to work a little bit under the weather, and happens. I had to fill these gin barrels. Hungover. <laughs> no, no, I was- I, Just I had say it to, like was, it is. Yeah, I was rather hungover. And then as I came uh, to fill these <laughs> barrels, as you can imagine, as you're adding liquid to a barrel, the aroma is coming out of the barrel. <laughs> And it was pure gin, <laughs> and I, I was pale-faced and like heavy-eyed, and just getting this like stench of gin in my oh, it was horrific. It, oh, I it can was imagine the worst day of work I can imagine. But the gin barrels were the best That's thing we ever bought, and this was the second creation from those gin barrels. Uh, yeah, it yeah. says Chardonnay and gin, yeah, Chardonnay it was and a blend. Gin. Which is amazing. Yeah. Oh, so you put some in chardonnay barrels and then some in gin barrels and then you blended? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Barrel, barrel work is a bit of a mystery until you get to that point you're ready to blend them. And then it's, you know, oh. lucky. That's cool.
0: The rest oh. of this series then, is it all um, – uh, yeah, to please try that. Is it all similar concept? It's all barrel-aged. Um, it's a barrel-aged sour series, right? And what would yeah. be say like you know what I think I have three in the cellar, whatever you call it, the cupboard there. Um, what was? What are the differences between
1: Ooh, each different right. one no, off the no, top no, of your no, head? No, See, I'm not a huge
2: sour guy, but I love this. Mm. So, so. Oh my god! We, uh, so this one was uh, on orange zest. This was yeah. So this was two golden sours, one in the gin barrels, the chardonnay barrels blended. It didn't. Have everything. So I added some bread and some orange zest. Okay. The uh, next one, the, the one before was the award winning one, number six. Okay. That one won an award at the Canadian Beer Awards. That was dark sours with red currants and cherries. Ooh. Okay. Uh, that one was really good. That was number six. Number five was on golden berries and raisins.
1: Okay. Oh.
2: That one was really good, too, but we didn't make enough of it. That was, like, that wasn't that lull of do barrel-age beer sell, and so we just... Is this your favorite style, Ben? Yeah. To drink and brew? Oh, no. To brew, yes. To drink. This is, like, my, I don't know, not champagne of beers, but, like, I like having one glass, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Like... It's got so much going on, it's complex, but it's still like approachable. Mm. Like I'm I'm happy with it. Which this is insane. You know I mean? I and don't, it's only five percent. Yeah. Yeah. There you're a hundred percent
0: right. Like it's super complex without with with being extraordinarily approachable, as well as not being too boozy. And I also appreciate um the lack of teeth enamel removing acidity, which can be fun, but I feel like it's nice to have a a little more restrained um acid profile, which is great. I love that it's Chardonnay and gin, just two fantastic sort of complementary. you know, the buttery chard and then like the botanicals of the gin with the orange to add the citrus little burst, make it fresh. Um it's cool that it's a golden sour. I didn't know all of them weren't golden sour, so that's even more fun. Dude, this is crazy. I really yeah. like this.
2: Yeah. Like so there's a there's a very good brewery in Toronto who I won't name his name but the running joke is they have too many things going on with their beers okay and I will fully admit that this is me just being like you know oh what There's us not just one barrel mm. let's add two different types mm. of barrels and then add two different types of beer and then add <laughs> more fruit and then just you know bottle it you know let's do everything we can to it why not you know well,
1: but the results are in and holy yeah yeah this
0: is like really great. This is fantastic. Like your barrel yeah. program guys is, is fantastic. is a really fantastic thing. So maybe since we're talking about this, let's, let's touch on the barrel program itself. So obviously you've got the sours, you've got the stouts, like how old is the barrel program? Do you know, like sort of how that uh, came so about.
2: it was a couple of years before me. So again, so mm. I've obviously been at Nickelodeon for five years. Uh, if I remember correctly, the original OG barrel beer was Kentucky bastard. Okay. Uh, uh, that was you know a mark and ryan creation either two or three years before i started and then it started to evolve where um you know a barrel itself is expensive for just one beer so then they decided to put you know another beer into a barrel which was the cuvee which is now flurant gold oh and yes mark had the idea to get wine barrels and add stout to those which is winey bastard pinot noir barrels who is that from is that uh, malavoy or
0: something isn't it Huh? Where are the wine barrels from? Do you know which? Is it uh, from? Tours. Oh,
2: it's from Tours. Sick. Yeah, oh, winery. Love that yeah. spot. So, like, the, you know, we're we're so close to all these great wineries. Yeah, you know, and you know Niagara's got its own terroir and whatnot, and like Pinot Noir barrels, you know, are perfect for or Pinot Noir wine is perfect for that location. Yeah. So, you know, why go to you know someone like Teller or or Peller Estates, sorry, when you can get the good stuff from? tours who you know after they've used their barrels for three or four years they're you know they just use them for garden pots so they sell them to us at a decent price and we can make pretty decent beers with them yeah and tours are a
0: high-end right. winery too same street as yeah. uh, rosewood yeah i love that area man like man that's the one thing i miss we usually go to niagara every uh a couple times a year they usually have events all the all the events were cancelled obviously and Tiff's birthday is in July, so we'd always make sure we'd go, and we'd go down to Niagara. Like, I miss that this year, like, a lot. And it's, I love seeing as well, because you guys are so close to it. I love seeing, um, I love seeing the, the the breweries at least close by going hard and working with the, the, you know, the wineries, the stuff in that region direct. I feel like it's happening more and more now. There seem to be a bit of a disconnect there, but it's like, it's, it's backyard, like it's right there. So it like, makes complete sense.
2: No, it's yeah. one of those you scratch our back, we scratch yours kind of thing and they're yeah. great friends to us so we're always going to support them. What, what, do they, yeah. sorry darling. I was just going to say, Ben, when did the, like the, the stout start like in the barrels? Uh, like, as in like originally like in 20, Yeah, like Kentucky. I think it was 2012 was the first Kentucky. 2012? <coughs> okay. It, like, because obviously the big people do it. First, that, I mean, we
1: had to have been one of the first Barrel Age Stout awesome. Breweries, right?
2: Had to yeah, kind of You
0: know what? I actually have a couple. Of, I have... Keep you talk, go? Uh,
2: so, the, obviously, the original OG Kentucky Barrel Age Stout was Goose Island in Chicago. I want to say in 2010, before Goose Island bought out the ABN. Right. But, uh, like, the just the... the not, not the knowledge, or, like, the actual, like, movement moved through. So then it went... Is that 2014? 2014. So, yes. Oh, my God. What's the percentage of that one? That it's got to be up 25. there.
1: 14. 10. It says 10.
2: Oh, 10. that's like Uh <laughs> Yeah, 10. <laughs> like all Imperial style. All of them
0: are uh, 11.9% exactly.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nailed it. So, yeah. So, when Island started their barrel program, it kind of just, like, moved across the Great Lakes. Because then founders started doing it. We can't talk about I'm <laughs> Pretty sure it was Mark's idea, right? And then so Mark approached John, and they bought barrels from Kentucky. And this was when like whiskey barrels weren't as available as they are now for brewers. So they were probably forking over two hundred and fifty American for a you know a two hundred liter barrel, mm. and then you had to sell that beer for a decent markup, right? Thankfully now barrels have gone down a bit in price, so barrel aged beers are more popular, and everyone's doing it. But yeah, Mark and Ryan were, along with the guys from Amsterdam, probably the first people to do it in Ontario.
0: Interesting.
2: Ben, isn't there a story? Didn't you tell me a story about how one of the
1: one of the barrels you guys were making like there's some of the residuals from like the ash of the barrels you guys were like filtering?
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So the the Kentucky that was originally fourteen and a half percent, it must be the 2015 stuff. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, they got the barrels and they were they were emptied uh, the two days before. Got put onto the lorry, the truck, and got shipped to or driven to Ontario. So they got them, put them down, and like the guys who were doing it. This was before my time, so this is not my story. Uh, they were lifting the barrels off the truck and were like, "These are fucking heavy! Like, what the fuck's going on?" So after they you know, uncapped them and looked inside, there was a solid like six inches of whiskey still in all of these barrels so they were literally like realistically when you buy a barrel to a brewer, you want it to be wet in the way that the wood as you touch it under the bunghole is wet you don't want it to have like that much whiskey in it because then your beer is going to go from you know 10 to like 14 and a half so they started to roll these barrels over into a pitcher with a cheesecloth and have a bunch of uh, you know whiskey, and then so they filtered it through a coffee strainer too, and they took all these bottles of whiskey home because it was you know I'm not going to name names, but of they've uh, whiskey, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they just had bottles of the stuff because they wow. every barrel and they ordered like sixty-ish barrels, all of them had again like six inches like to eight inches of liquid in the bottom of each barrel.
0: Was it like uh, was it like foolproof? I guess because it wasn't mixed, so would it would have be been like proof, barrel proof, uh, yeah. so yeah, like it was
2: it was it was you could have made a Molotov cocktail out of this liquid. Fuck.
0: Like that's a whole other <laughs> game. That's amazing. How did, did you get to taste it?
2: No, this is before my time. So yeah, this is just one of time. those legendary Nickelbrook stories. Yeah. Like and honestly that like, you wouldn't be surprised if there were probably still bottles of that lying around. Not even bottles, probably like growler fills.
0: of whiskey, isn't that hilarious? It just sounds gross. Yeah, now, that's pretty. That's pretty rare. I don't think that would happen uh every day, but uh, that would explain the fourteen percent.
2: Realize what they were doing wrong and now emptying their barrels properly. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So actually, since you guys are right here, so I have. I think I the
0: twenty fourteen. I tried this. My brother bought it in the year. like This is the year before we started the podcast. So I remember he he had it. I remember where I was when we would. Home brewing when we drank it and i had this one i was like well i tried it might as well hang on to it i've got the 2017 i think about 2019 and 2020 so i wanted to do some sort of a mini vertical but would this be like soy sauce by now or is this <laughs> no, no, pretty good no,
1: thankfully not. unless you uh, kept it beside the radiator
0: like. no it's in a uh a cabinet under the television like nice and dark room temperature but it's not like where it should be because i'm in a small apartment
2: but uh it's not bad,
0: really. Be good. Okay.
2: Strong and a half percent. It's got a wax seal. It's not oxidized. You'll be fine.
0: Yeah. I've kept them pretty nice and I've, uh, because I really enjoyed it. And, like, this is just such a fantastic series with with all like all of them across the board. I just have, you know, one of those things you just hang on to it. And then all of a sudden it's 2020, like, oh, this is nearly seven years old now. I'm like, fuck, that's awesome. It's probably the oldest one I have. Oldest yeah. beer. Like, I haven't really kept things around intentionally for, for that long. But um, have you guys done a vertical? With I mean, I imagine obviously you know every brewery keeps stash of everything. So have you guys been able to do like a? Uh,
2: I've done verticals and cafe because we do different coffee every time. That would be fascinating. But Kentucky is generally like across the board pretty stand like it's it's consistent. Okay, uh, depending on its alcohol level, it's okay. always a bit very.
0: But but the the earthy... caffeine
2: level changes or no? The cafe. Yeah. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. So um, but Kentucky. The thing I notice: the older it gets, the smoother it gets. Almost like, mm. a, like a decent bourbon, if that makes sense. Okay. Because when you get it, like originally, it's got like those heavy bourbon notes and like it's got some of that chocolatey fudginess to it and like the openness to it. And then as it ages, you get more of that like stouty flavor with just like a touch of bourbon, mm.
0: which
2: I prefer. You know, I do like whiskey and bourbon, but I prefer stouts. So I like it to smooth out a little bit. I mean, more like a chocolate cake. Okay. Yeah, the bourbon
1: is sharp, like when it's fresh, like when you've just bottled it. It's. I mean, if you're not a bourbon drinker, uh, that beer can be hard to get through. Um, but as the yeah, as, to your point, as that beer ages, that bourbon sort of just kind of smooths out. And like that beer drinks, like even like two years in, every bottle just starts to drink like perfectly.
0: Mm. Would you then recommend that I definitely do whatever I have in uh, in some sort of a vertical with multiple humans? Oh, yeah. Because otherwise I'll die But like,
2: <laughs> I, I, I feel like it would be. I mean,
1: unless you like bourbon. like I mean, unless yeah.
2: you like that taste.
1: Right. Um,
2: my, but my to, line is buy two bottles, drink one fresh, and drink one like a year from now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See how you like it. Because it definitely, like, when I first moved to Canada and was having all these barrel-aged beers, I was like, fuck me, this is amazing. And then got given a bottle by Mark, which was a year old. He's like, try this next time you open a bottle and see what you think. And it was it was remarkable, the difference. Like Right. So it like, would be an interesting like, experiment to, to have yeah.
0: them all. I I wanted to kind of shoot a video of them, because I guess now I've got, like, yeah, 14, 17, 19, 20, so that's four of them. Not necessarily con- totally all concurrent, like, you know, back-to-back, but... I feel so like right it'd now be, you're just showing off. Oh, it's a complete accident. I, I don't have some sort of impressive seller. It's just act, this, this was unintentional. Okay,
1: would, when Ben and I do our tour of Quebec, we're gonna yeah, I need we're, the we're help. You're sharing them with us. Oh yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> now that would be the optimal situation. Obviously, who else would be better to, to talk it through? It like that would be amazing. Actually, that would be yeah. sick yo I would much rather oh own.
1: here we go now we're making
0: plans. yeah now I'm like yo okay that's a whole other situation because I'm absolutely comfortable saving everything that I have I'm like alright let's sit down with you blokes and let's we'll just like talk through it and shoot a video or something make some fucking content out of it yeah get everyone some content baby content yeah, it's yeah, all content. for content bro what else do we doing for Jeff is saying here, he's like <laughs> uh, Craig does this stream on Twitch the live format of this series will get decent views on there I think I do not go on Twitch I don't know my Yo, You gotta get
1: on that Twitch, my guy. I know.
0: See, you were just talking about content. I'm fucking
1: up, bro. I'm fucking up.
0: I don't know. I just felt like I don't play video games. I don't really have time for that shit. So I always felt it was like. So a people game are using effect. Twitch outside of video games these days. I, I, I heard word, but I was like, YouTube is like a. There's already a following there to a degree. So I was like, uh, True. do I want. Like, I would have to commit resources to be like, come watch me on Twitch. And I watched a few people on there to be like, how how does this thing work and what's the general setup? And it seemed super complicated to make it uh just to just to make it work. I don't know. Maybe I was right. didn't look hard enough. But if this thing, this pro if this program would do them simultaneously, then I wouldn't even have I wouldn't even have a problem with that. True. He says restream. I guess that means take the stream and put it through there. Jeff, DM me and tell me about it, bro, because I don't fucking know. It's a whole other... (laughs) It's totally out of my my world view right there. It's for the kids, you know? I feel like the kids are are about it. He said Restream does that. Okay, we'll talk. Um, No, but yeah, so the barrel program, primarily just sours and stouts for now. Is that... uh, That's accurate?
2: Uh, Like, I want to play with different things. I've not really used things like rum or cognac barrels, Mm -hmm. but I'm... Like everything with a barrel is always a bit of a lottery, you know. Yes,
0: yeah.
2: Like rum barrels, you know, come from certain parts of the world where you're waiting on trafficking time and getting them into the country. COVID's not really helped with importing anything, mm-hmm. so we've really put our barrel program kind of on hold for a bit. Okay. I kind of get rid of. I've got rid of some of the older barrels we've got in stock, and while Niagara is still a good, you know, decent like, place to get barrels from you know, the guys who are doing barrel-aged spirits like Willibald uh, and uh, Dillon's down in uh, Niagara, like Willabald's gin barrels are 100 liters. So, you know, That's 100 liters beer in a barrel is you're getting 80 liters out of the barrel afterwards. And then, you know, post everything else you do to it, you might only be getting 50 liters on a 100-liter investment. Mm-hmm. So, again, me being the guy who's not paying the bills, even I can't argue that case saying yeah let's just uh you know let's get away with 50 percent losses and you know try and think i won't be you know beheaded on the next financial meeting so yeah the issue with fun new barrels which like the gin ones i got were like amazing because they were these 250 barrels from scotland from some unnamed distillery we think we worked out but like it's it's such a Like the last nine months have been chaotic for everyone. Yeah. And at least for me trying to bring in new stuff and tequila barrels were a perfect example. Like the border from Mexico to America was shut and then the border from America to Canada Canada was was shut. So if I want fresh tequila barrels, they're waiting two weeks at the American border. They're going to get dry. They're then going to travel across America for 10 days and then get to the Canadian border for another two weeks and be dry. Like, these barrels might be broken by the time they get to me. And if I'm going to tell John that we're buying, you know, 10 barrels at $250, a, well, 250 American a time, you know, that's $2,500 of which then say any six of them are functional. Mm-hmm. Like the ROI on that is, is awful. Yeah. I mean, you know, so we've been having, we've got some barrels in from Niagara, but like everyone's doing wine barrels. You know, people want to see the fun stuff nowadays so like the gin barrel stuff sold amazingly the key barrel stuff has sold amazingly so you know fingers crossed you know come like april when covid hopefully might be over for the vaccine you know i'll be dishing out some fun sours so or fun barrage stuff you know it doesn't even need to be a sour anymore you know it's whatever there's barrels yeah the second I can get my hand on something like port barrels from uh, Porto, like that's what I'm fucking gonna deal with. Yeah,
0: yeah. Sand. Uh, what was it called? I went to the um, port. I went to Porto a few like fifteen years ago, and there's that. It's, it's called Sand something, like right in the city.
2: Oh, I've I've not been to Porto since I was like fifteen years <laughs> old. so More recent than me. <laughs> <laughs> I be, I remember it was just, like I didn't I knew my dad had like port and sherry
0: and shit. And I was like some gross ass stuff that he drank. But it was cool to actually see it. Like that would be that that, such a crazy city. That would be uh, that would be dope. So when you said the barrel programs on hold, does that mean that any of the bastard series are they off? Is that off for twenty twenty one? No, no,
2: no. No, no, Okay, the the easy available stuff like Kentucky barrels, which you can get whenever you want, like we're always going to continue with that. Okay, good. Just like one-offs like the UP series uh, are slightly on hold. We do have a gin barrel aged table beer coming out in probably February, I want to say. Obviously table Mm -hmm. beer is kind of in apostrophe because it's gone into gin barrels and it's probably gained a percentage due to the Mm -hmm. barrel itself. So yeah. So we, we uncasked those barrels on Friday actually and retired those barrels, which were my first purchase being head brewer. So I was a bit, bit, you know, not, not, not dusty eyes, but it was a, can <laughs> oh didn't God. see my first barrels that I had bought after you retired. Listen to Is this it? guy. <laughs> Holy. Uh, uh, look, hey, They were pretty barrels. They were painted. <laughs> <laughs> could
0: Could anyone take them home? Could you guys, like, you know, use them in the oh, garden or something?
2: Some woodwork, most likely. No, yeah, you, we, we sell all of our used barrels. So. Yeah, you couldn't uh, yeah. take some home and... Make a, Take make them a home, coffee it table. With them. Yeah. with oh. water, make yeah. some slush. My I, I apartment is smaller than yours. Don't worry. I have no room for a barrel.
0: I, I respect it. I was like, I really want, I feel like someone like Bellwoods or something not that long ago was trying to sell barrels for like 50 bucks a pop. And I was like, hmm. I told Tim, yeah. she's like, no relax. Like, <laughs> oh, Alright, fine, fine. I just they it cool. Like why don't you just have like a dope stained barrel as like a coffee table or you put a some something cool on there? I don't know. I feel the like only issue is as they dry
2: the wood, yeah, shrinks, the wood shrinks and the metal shrinks. just drops. Oh, so it sucks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, so what you're saying is they're shit. <laughs> right. So don't bother. Oh,
2: oh true, 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 true. Uh, okay, okay. So, Before, like, varnish it. They're, they're not... They're, they're the worst thing in the world. So if you varnish it, is it still going to shrink and then the metal's going to drop? I, I That's beyond my... I'm no uh, carpenter, I wouldn't know. Okay. You're not? No. no oh, no. weird.
0: i I feel misled, bro. I feel misled. I thought you were, uh, you know... I thought you would a bit of a chippy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> No
2: Jen
0: <laughs> Okay. Well. Okay. At least we're still getting because she's kind of scared me for a second. I was like, "Oh fuck, we're not getting bastard in 2021." Like I was about to be, uh, about to be a little upset. But okay, I can chill.
2: No, no, the the the, the core bastards are on are all good to go. We actually bought our uh, whiskey barrels this week. They'll be arriving first week of February, and being filled. Sorry, first week of January, and being filled that week. So okay. How,
0: okay, amazing. So then, speaking of that, I know we'll probably move into this shortly. I'm just conscious of the time being; it's twenty to ten. I don't want you to fall asleep.
1: Aren't um, you surprised he hasn't fallen asleep? Yeah, yet.
0: we're keeping him engaged. You know, I get. Yeah, I feel. Like, I feel like we're doing a good job, Liam. You're helping me out. Um, so this is the the box. This is the first year, I believe. There's been a box. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, so all the beers have had a box now. The um, Café, no. Go, yeah, no. so
1: Café has a box. And Gold. Uh, Kentucky has a box. Yep. And then last year, uh, Glory and Gold, our cuvee. Has a box. And uh, I had a box. Okay. But Kentucky and Café are the first time this year they have a box.
0: Okay. I love it. I love the branding. I love the switch up of the branding. Obviously, I'll, I'll get it in a sec. I'll show you compared to the old one because I think basically up until last year, it was the same branding uh, across the board. Um oh here we go. Jeff has a question. He goes, would be sick if the MB boys could talk about the no bad days beers if there's time. Did you want to get into that before we get into this? Because I do really enjoy the No Bad Days series. This shit is uh she was pretty lit. Maybe you want to talk about that before we get too deep into the uh, to uh this? should
2: we give it a quick uh, minute, minute and a half.
0: Let's do it. Tell All us right, about so
2: it. No bad days was our cheeky attempt at a summer lager. Uh it was. It all came about because uh, we recently renovated our tap room, and the tap room manager's second question from everyone uh, who was over the age of sixty and from Burlington was, "Do you guys have anything that tastes like Heineken?" So we quickly made him a lager. Perfect impression, by the way, Craig. Yeah, I was going to say he nailed, nailed that. It. If you were wondering, he <laughs> nailed that impression. <laughs> and so we we made him a lager. You know, nothing more than like a thousand and you know it was the most popular taproom beer uh of that summer and it was a pure joke so the next year it came about and it was just before covid hit so we brewed a lager and just to piss off rob our taproom manager even more we were like we're going to make you a lager and lime because we know that's what every 60 year old man orders at the pub down, <laughs> you know on the bayfront in uh, burlington and he was not happy in the slightest so then covid hit and it got to that point where, you know, everyone's running out of beer. So we were like, fuck it, we'll can it. Uh, and the name came about, No Bad Days. The original name for this beer was going to be CV Crispy Boy, because it was right before coronavirus was in, <laughs> like, just in China. So it was CV Crispy Boy. We are going to go coronavirus, liver and lime. And the joy was we were going to make a whole joke about corona, the beer, not the virus. Ah. Uh, and then we realized that we obviously couldn't make that joke. Uh, it got turned into no bad days. So no bad days was originally with lime. And then they made me make it a few more times. <laughs> they made me. Yeah. Ownerships. Uh, and then, uh, we then did, well, I got like summer was ending. So the whole like lager and lime was a bit ridiculous. Uh, so we just re-released it and it's now in grocery in Ontario. Nice. As, uh, just a lager, just job, you know, Bog standard Heineken beating lager. Uh, Is it dry
0: hot? It's dry hot, right? Still.
2: Uh, yeah, dry hot with a Zaka. It's uh, you know, very lightly, you know, it's got a nice floriness to it. Uh, but yeah, it's crushable, four point three percent. You know, come college season, it's gonna be the best seller, I imagine.
0: Oh, I bet. I had the I've got the OG. I wasn't sure if we were drinking it tonight. Um, I know we chose the more sort of zanier beers. But um, I really enjoyed the lime one, and I thought you guys did a yeah. really good job because that could have been a shit show if you didn't do that right. And I felt like you used – did you use real – is it like lime puree or lime juice or lime – what was the lime? Key uh, lime puree. Okay, that's why it was fire. Okay, key lime puree. Okay, that's fucking away. Right. So I was like, oh, you know, sometimes if you have like – and I'm not even obviously comparing it to this, but you think that the Bud Light lime or something hot garbage oh, like that. yeah. When it's like that natural flavoring and it's – just disgusting and obviously it's Nickelbrook so I didn't think it was going to be bad but I was like what is this going to be and I was like yo because it was subtle that was the best part I used to when we did the podcast before with trains different series and stuff and we used to have this lightning round at the end where we'd ask questions and one of the questions is what would be your desert island beer and um, no, I'm sorry. What is your guilty pleasure? Well, guess I would be was a question, too. But guilty pleasure was usually a shit beer that you kind of enjoyed. And mine was always Corona. So, Corona with a little bit of lime was like, you know, squeeze that bitch in the top. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's horrible. But the
2: like. Flip, the, thumb, the thumb and the.
1: Yeah.
0: And the flip yeah. Yeah. The yeah. yeah. Oh, my Woo! God. Classic, bro. Classic. And yeah. I was like,
2: you so. You remember movie Fast and the Furious?
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that shit. That shit was fire. <laughs> So like I was really excited because I was like, okay, so Mexican lagers became a thing and um, obviously you guys are going to do it well. So I was just excited and I didn't know what to expect and I was just extraordinarily impressed. The lime was restrained and understated, authentic. And this is exactly why now this is actually a question. I'm glad you brought it up Jeff. Thank you. Cause this was a question I did have always was like, what the hell did you do to make it like taste this authentic, but also so subtle. It was just like a touch. So I'm looking forward to uh, to cracking the OG to see the well, even though it's not really the OG, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's like the well, the yeah, the non lime version,
2: yeah. And it was crispy boy with lime, but CV crispy boy with lime is grown by it's a joke. So then, then no <laughs> bad days like evolved into no bad days with lime. But yeah, so original OG crispy boy. Oh, sorry, original no bad days is like is the lime is, version, right? Okay, that's what i was thinking. Okay, but this is now this is now a two-year joke against the retail manager bar manager so you know shout out to rob defend yourself
0: (laughs) 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 sorry rob uh jeff also says he said awesome guys thanks i'm into the idea of dry hop lagers sometimes you don't want a six percent ipa rarely but sometimes hey man the, the 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 crispies are uh, are the future, and I love that you guys are doing them and doing it extremely well. And uh, particularly the dry hop ones, because it doesn't have to be like right your face with uh, you know a huge dry hop. It's just like a nice subtle thing. I imagine that would be something that the uh, like the type of people that you know, maybe not quite the ones that come in asking for the the macro type of beers, but I feel like it wouldn't scare them off too much.
1: Yeah, well, loggers. I mean, right now. Um are that one beer, even in the craft beer industry, um, still sell the best, you know? Yeah. We like the three of us, you know, we live in this craft beer bubble where we're, you know, we're always out for the newest, like hazy boy or, you know, the thing with the most hops or, you know, the best barrel age thing. But at the end of the day, like the thing that sells the most still, like to the consumer is just that, that crispy lager. And, uh, you know, for us, we also realize that it's also the best beer that, um, like it's the easiest beer to try and convert someone over into craft beer, Yeah. right? Like it's, you know, if, if someone's used to drinking like macro, you know, beers and you hand them like a winter wizard, they're going to be like,
2: get this out out of here,
1: right? But if you hand them, you know, a no bad days, that's a conversation that can be had now and saying, see, like it's craft, but, you know, look what else. Look, look what these guys are doing now. Right. This is my marketing sales hat on, by the way. No, you're, right. <laughs> you're right. I
0: can't I, turn it off. Sorry, Craig. I, don't I, you I dare. Don't you dare turn it off. Liam. I would be <laughs>
2: devastated. if yeah. you did. Well, It's funny. It's funny you say it like that. Though, Liam. Like I, my dad got me into homebrewing and he always homebrewed the same thing. It was always a, like bogged down the English golden ale. Like four and a half percent, nothing else. Like, he paid for me to go to school for brewing, and whenever I would make suggestions, he'd like, No, no, yep. I know what I like. But at the same time, the only beer I used to drink was Stella. So, like, now if he came over to visit me, like he did, like, what, three years ago when I first graduated, if I gave him a beer I made then, it would be like, mm, No, I'm too hoppy, fuck that. But yeah. now I'm a lager that he'll actually drink, and he'll be like, Oh. Oh, this doesn't taste like homebrew juice. Like, yeah. Do you,
0: Do you think you could convert someone like that into uh, onto like the you know the wizard or something? Maybe like slowly into these other. I. It would take my dad a couple of years, but yeah, definitely. If you had the time yeah. to do it, yeah, oh. I, yeah. I feel like some of the older folks we tried, you know, they they are a little more maybe stubborn, set in their ways and stuff. But like, you know, taste buds are taste buds, you know. And you, you can't deny uh, great taste in beer, so. I feel like if you can get them in the door, I feel like as long as they're open-minded enough to try it, you can you can kind of, like, nudge them into getting some fire into them, you know? So, and so
2: it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, I when I first came to Canada, I was, you know, stunned by the options available. And, like, when my parents came to visit, like, a few years later, like, my dad had never seen, you know, a Bear aisle that wasn't, you know, just the big guys at all so like even though like brew dog was the big you know even though they're in canada now they've always been in canada since i got here but like he's never tried a brew dog beer right. but now he's trying you know from your you know english boring ales to something that's you know quite not quite a pale ale but you know it, at least like it, it gets him in the door man that's what the gateway breweries i think are uh, like this you know
0: gateway breweries and then breweries you have gateway beers and it seems like brew dog have kind of maybe more leaned towards not completely but gone more on the on the gateway side of things i feel like they're more um it's less sexy it's less attractive to dudes like us like you were saying liam as far as like you know we're obviously looking for the craziest shit but what those gateway breweries do you guys have gateway beers you know a gateway brewery i would not i would not say but i think it's really important though because that that is what grows craft beer like you can't forget like you have to bring people in if you're trying to like it's not all of this fun, funky shit that we love is not going to bring the average person through the door. Um, you know, take them off their Canadian or whatever. So, yeah, all that type of stuff is super important. Speaking of shit that is not going to convince your dad to drink beer, should we? <laughs> should we put this in us? Definitely. Let's do it. I'm gonna go fetch it because it's in the fridge. Um, the usual. Do you want to maybe give a bit of a rundown on uh, what? Um, what people can expect from, from this year's one. I'll be back in uh, two yeah, seconds.
2: I was gonna go grab mine from the fridge so Liam. You get yours. wow no I'll I'm I'll stay. Here, guys. No 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 I'll, oh
0: wait. Uh, ben you go first. I'll see I'll kick it with Liam. We're good. Alright, I'll be back in a second. We won't talk any shit, I promise. Um
1: so anyway that Ben fucking
0: guy eh? Jeez
1: Yeah I mean like loggers right now like every craft brewery now has a logger just to kind of continue into that conversation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think everyone in the craft brewing industry, you know, for the, for the longest time, it was like, let's make the craziest, biggest, stupidest, you know, thing that we can, but none of that's actually making us any money. I right? mean, Yeah, totally. And now, because there's so many of us, uh, now we have to sort of, um, not sort of, but we do, we have to try and the money is converting people, not, um, You know, as much as it is, is, you know, and that's why we still have our Funk Lab series about, you know, you know, staying fun and staying relevant and, you know, keeping up with the trends and making sure we're still coming out with those big IPAs and stuff. But in terms of actually like, you know, uh, turning investment, because again, like because (coughs) there's so many craft breweries in Ontario now, um, it's like, how do we, how do we convert people? You know how do we convert those macro drinkers, those cooler light drinkers, those Miller Genuine Draft drinkers, into craft beer drinkers, and then how do we get those craft beer drinkers to drink our beer, right? Yeah,
0: that's that's the real question, though. That's oh. truth, baby. That's truth. It's facts. You speak in facts, and that's why it's uh it's great that you're you able be? To, to do that. Um, no, hundred percent. Do you want, real quick, real interesting thing that uh Shasta Patrick from uh, who used to be the nickelbrook, he taught me how to open these things. You cut, you yeah. cut you cut the little triangle out, and then you just like. Do you, have you guys seen? I guess you probably know that.
1: Oh no, so I just I have like a blade that I just sort of dig under the wax, but that's fun. Nah, so, I never heard of that trick.
0: So, so Pat Pat from uh, I know right? I'm not I'm not stabbing anybody. <laughs> but Patty no. uh. He was like, he go. We did a, when we did the Blood Brothers episode. I, I don't even fucking remember when it was. Maybe last year. But we, we we cut the thing from the podcast and made a separate video of it. So basically, he said to you, cut like a uh, a little triangle piece. So I, you know, I cut that this little bit out of it, and then uh, is that going to show? Here you go. Tiff. Wait, hold it
1: down a bit. Bring it down a little bit. Ah
0: shit! Hang on. Oh, you
1: dropped it. Oh, look at that!
0: Here we go! Here we go! No, bring it!
1: I bring it like
0: yeah, down, 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 down. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So, basically, you cut out a little triangle piece, and then I have this uh, sexy little bottle opener that keeps the caps intact. Shasta Brewheads yep. are now defunct Brewheads, unfortunately. And uh shout out. shout out, and you just basically still just, you, you you know, ramp the little screw under it, and then you just sort of pop it open. And it sort of, like, saves all the nonsense with... Um, Man, you should see me trying to open these things before that. I'm a fucking nightmare. I'm sitting there, just like yeah. oh, I'm running the knife around it. I'm getting mad, and so I'm like, "Open up, you bitch! I want to drink you." But you know, <laughs> thanks to uh, thanks to Pat for that. So Tiff's gonna take us a photo while we're talking about it. But shout out to Pat. Shout out to Pat for that one. He's a legend, mate. Such a champion. Oh wait, we're getting the photos. So, what's uh? Do you, are you guys familiar with what happened with the new branding? Because this is the first year this has happened. Good
1: with the the way that kentucky looks now yeah yeah so i mean like i think you know the way that glory and gold rolled out last year um you know we put it in a box, the box and that is great. was the first barrel age beer that we had put in a box and the reception that we got on it was really well and you know it just kind of looks a little bit more prestige on an lcbo shelf um you know and that's sort of the idea you know you know each one of these beers um You know, takes a long time to make, you know, there's a lot of effort, you know, Ben can talk about that, but it's a lot of effort that goes in making each one of these beers. So why not celebrate it by putting it in a box that, you know, makes it look grandiose, you know, makes it gives it that prestige and, you know, shows the love and effort that goes into each making each one. Oh, when you do put them together,
2: they, one does look a lot better
0: than the other, doesn't it? Yeah, like the old one has a um, oh, uh, nostalgic thing for me personally being that like I've, sure. I've been drinking this since 2014. So I appreciate it. But yeah, this is this is in line with your new branding. It is extraordinarily sexy. Um, yep. I love the box and you're 100% right, Liam. It definitely stands out. You see this, I'm like, oh, this is an event. This is not just like a random beer. Right? This is like a, I'm, di- you know, this is a whole thing right now. Um, you know,
1: we're, we're almost treating it like it's a bottle of wine. Baby. Yes, right. You're not. I mean, you're not picking that up, and you're not just. I mean, well, you have a full glass there, so good luck to you, sir.
0: I'm sharing this with Tiffany. I, uh,
1: I don't know what your plans are for tomorrow, but vomiting. <laughs> oh my god! I'm joking. I'm joking.
0: I, I would never. I would. I'm going to share this with Tiffany because this is like her. She loves like the big boozy stouts and stuff. So yeah. uh, I said before, it's like I need you to help me with this because I refuse. I mean, I do have a bottle stopper that I could just pop this in the fridge, but True. it's in the glass now. There's so no turning back. But
1: yeah. yeah, so I mean, this this needs to be treated as if it's an event. yeah Absolutely, like yeah. this isn't you know a beer that you just smash, right? Not not, this isn't. This isn't uh, no bad days. You know, you're not poolside with this one. This is. Uh, this
0: is. Not, I mean, you could be. It's a little weird, and you'd probably if be. You in,
1: are. I'm. You're a freak, and I'm leaving.
0: Yeah. I'm, <laughs>
1: <laughs> this party's got got way too real.
0: Yeah, way too real, way too quick. I'm not here for it. I'm creeped out. I'm leaving. Yes, I mean, this is 11. Is it? Is it
2: 11.9? This time, this time for the first year, we were in the LCBO laws. Wow! Congratulations. I will leave that to the imagination of what that means, but yes,
0: I I, I love it. I mean, it's eleven point nine. So I mean, look, I'm not going to lie; like, it does not taste like eleven point nine. This is dangerous.
1: Shout out to Cole for doing the new uh, design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our He's uh, our in-house uh, designer in-house design.
0: is is he responsible for um, all the rebranding, or yep. at least yeah, I
1: know so he does all the Funk Lab stuff. He did all of the barrel aged beers except for Glory, okay. uh, but he did Kentucky and Cafe. Okay. And uh, um, can you I guys can't talk too much about it? But we have uh, we're working on something for next year with some of our core stuff. So Ooh, yeah, um, and he's working on all that stuff. So he's got a lot of work ahead of him.
0: One of compared to say what we well, saying earlier about being you know coming there in 2011 all ontario and look no i should not say that all canadian um brewery branding was pretty not not great shit. Z- yeah it's pretty i'm trying to be nice but yeah it's pretty fucking shit <laughs> and it's okay because it was new it was niche it didn't even touch a, 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 a fraction of what was happening today so one of you know we talked about you know Sawdust did a great rebrand wellington did a great rebrand and you guys like did a phenomenal Rebrand of uh, you know of, of everything that you guys have put out. I mean, like I said, it came up I think last week or the week before. My Facebook memories from nine years ago when drinking the maple porter and the headstock and stuff, and looking at those photos, I'm like, "Fucking hell, man! It's a whole." I actually wanted to save it and say because we were talking already. I want to send it to you guys to be like, "Look at this! This is crazy! Like it's a whole other world." Do you guys know when you did the rebrand? What prompted it? Do you guys? Can you speak to any of that at all? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay. But it looks, you Do you know. know what? I think you're right, bro. Because if this it's is that's the logo from twenty fourteen, right? Like, yeah. So the atom
2: has changed since then.
0: I think it's the same one on the bottle. That like the one that's embossed on the bottle. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Maybe the atom hasn't changed too much. But there was obviously Nickelbrook was you know this family run brewery before that. And then, then it became like a brewery of science, and I don't want to talk too much about the if there's something in the works that can be Liam to take over. But okay, I think we're going a bit, you know, more back to the basics. Well, I mean, it, brewing's interesting, you know. You when
1: you walk down a, an LCBO shelf, um, and that you know you look through the craft beer section, it's amazing to see, you know. Uh, What some people are doing with artwork as opposed to what other people are doing and who some breweries are trying to speak to with their branding and who other people, you know, for example, like, you know, I I don't want to talk specifics, but, you know, you have some that are just that simple, basic branding that is just like, you know, every it's every one of their cans is very uniform. And then you have, like, a brewery like us or Sawdust, you know, where each one of our cans looks a bit different. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, and it's kind of, you know, and I truly feel like each one of those is speaking to, you know, different people. Um, so it's interesting. And and I think for us moving forward, um, I think what we're trying to do is we're just going to try and streamline everything a little bit more. I think right now, you know, each one of our cans looks I mean, as much fun as each one of the cans is, and and as much fun as we've had with the history of everything with Nickelbrook, um, it, you know, I think it's time for us to sort of like, uh, take what's been established and just sort of uh, dial it in a little bit, and um, you know, that's for Cole to do, and um, I, again, like I'm trying to tiptoe around this because I I really can't speak too much about it, okay. but but expect to see some some new stuff. Uh, from us coming out next year, like in terms of uh, our look and our feel, so it, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're not going to do anything stupid where we look like something completely different, but um, you know, we're we're going to have a lot of fun with with how we look in the in the future.
0: I respect that. I mean, you got to uh, you got you got to keep moving forward. You got to stay relevant. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I mean this rebranded in and of itself. I mean, if you're going to change again, I, you know, I'm here for it. Um, the fact that when you change, you guys were probably once again, my memory is failing me for the most part, but there was a, you know, like, I feel like you guys were probably the first in the, of the Ontario breweries that we're kind of talking about, whether it's Wellington sawdust, the, all of that era, the earlier era, Um, to, to, to make like a step forward and be like, Hey, this is what we were. And now like, bam, this is, this is where it's at. And it was like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is serious now. Like, not that it wasn't serious before, but like it was, the branding was always secondary. I can imagine with brewery, it's all about the product. As long as, you know, this is good, what else matters? But as it became more popular, it really, you know, marketing, I you know, obviously is important. And that's why you guys have excelled because you've got a marketing team. Not all breweries even invest in marketing. We own a social media agency. And I, I imagine as yourself, uh, Liam, being in marketing, you know, like one of the wor- – aside from wine, wine is terrible. The beer is pretty, like, patchy. It's got better since the pandemic yeah. because I had no choice. It's either that or Drown. But, like, I feel like there's one thing, the marketing side is something that not every brewery took seriously. And I always – As someone who does this for a living, it's very frustrating because I'm like, I'm in it on this side, but I'm also on the other side, like doing it for other brands. I'm really, it's there. Fuck, what are you doing? Like, don't get your, don't get the person behind the bar to do social media just because they're not doing anything between pouring drinks. Like, it's not how it works. You need a professional. Like, so I feel like you guys really... Uh, that's what impresses me about you guys. When you invested in marketing, you have multiple people, you're you're, the virtual tastings and things were just whilst it might stress Jen out and fucking give her a gray hair poor thing. But it's, it's executed on the money. Like I'm so impressed with everything, even just the way that we've organized this conversation. And then our involvement in the party in a box and stuff is like, it's just a pleasure. I'm not used to this level of professionalism. You know what I'm saying, and this is not
2: yeah shame for us. Who's bad at this, and who's <laughs> well? I mean, I mean, I think Jake Craig
1: is like it, it. It has to do with with as much as what's in the can as opposed to how the can looks. You know, Agreed. and and that's only becoming more and more relevant as the Ontario craft beer scene grows. Uh, you know, just because of the amount of competition now, like you for the longest time you know and still there's some breweries that are you know doing well and staying afloat but they're making shit beer but their can might look nice do you know what i mean and they're still making those sales and i'm sorry but I, i i'm just gonna say it uh but you know like and for us like you know i not to sort of toot our own horn or toot Ben's horn, but we make good beer. You know what I mean? Like our beer is good. And I think that's why the reason why there's so many of us that have been with Nickelbrook for so long, because we believe in the in what the liquid, right? And once you stand behind how much how good the actual beer is, then you can start investing in marketing and 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 start growing that uh you know the way that it looks and the way that it feels and the way that you know how it looks on an lcbo shelf and 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 really wanting to present ourselves as something that's just bigger and beyond what just you know some other craft brewery is doing you know so you know hence like why all of our barrel laid stuff is in a box because it's it's head and shoulders above a lot of other you know what a lot of other people are doing and, and we want to present it that way. Right. And, it, and it's, you know, it's a prestigious beer and it's, it's something that you want to like take and go, Holy shit. Like this is fucking something else. Right. Like, wow. You know, so it belongs in a box and that, you know, all that is that is, is a marketing initiative and
2: yeah. I agree. Like champagne from the box. It's the best of all wine. Our will you know, we're not going to, say it's the best but we want it to look like the best as well as taste tastes like the best
0: yeah no I think that's a, I think that's a great move and I think uh, like you like we were saying this, it needs to feel like an event if you're going to be spending I don't know what what this runs what does this run a bottle like 10 bucks 15 bucks uh,
2: 9.95 I think less than 10 bucks 9.95
0: this has got to be more than 10
2: bucks I thought it was 10.95 right. I, I'd pay I'd pay at least you know, 10 right bucks for right? this for sure oh, hold on I'll be right back sorry guys yeah, you're right. Yeah, dog, dogs in the shot. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, but I feel like. But we're on the, yeah, bring the dog.
0: <laughs> bring the dog in. Dogs are always welcome on the show. Everyone loves dogs. Yeah. That gets us views. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff is saying, "I think the branding has been fantastic with Nickelbrook. The Uber white label bottle always stuck out. Wicked awesome white mystery pack white. I guess all the colors always stands out. Fantastic and consistent. I agree." So like if you guys are going to sort of switch it up, I feel like you can only, you know you can only improve on that, which is already just it's it's already fire. But even just the way that you've presented this in comparison you know, with the shiny labels now, this kind of more like it's not gloss, but it's like metallic kind of uh, you know, stuff which also is reflected on on the box itself and um yeah. I, I mean, before I got this, I'd seen it on social. I was like, yo, I fucking need that. What, what is happening here? This is this is fantastic. Like, I just enjoyed the change, even just from last year.
2: And it seems like one of those things, like, I'm obviously not in marketing, but, you know, being a man in beer, I go down the aisle and see, and see what's, you know, catching your eye. And, you know, five years ago, when Nickelbrook went all black, like, they seemed like the first brewery to do that. And so you saw it because you know you'd see your five six seven skews of all black cans yeah and then when they start to bring out, say wicked awesome and you see the white can you know that popped your eye because a lot of other breweries were doing black cans uh and i'm not sure again like i'm not going to say for liam and cole what the rebrand is but like everyone seems to be following everyone and they just want someone to seem to be they want to zag when everyone's zigging kind of thing
0: yeah it's, a, it's an interesting thing there's some some breweries that take it really seriously and have just been on, on top of it from the jump and then others who sort of have ignored it and kind of paid attention later whether it's the actual design of the labels and the, the role, you know the consistency with the naming conventions which is also something as well to be said um, yeah. yeah to the something like the social media which is something I feel like is ignored uh, more than it needs to be but the pandemic has forced people to be like well, if you don't do it right, you're in big trouble right now. Like when you actually, uh-huh. it's, it's put it in, that's why our business has been, we've been lucky, super fortunate to, to be, have a digital based business at a time when uh, people can't be together physically and nothing is more important than, then now the community is online. So if you're not spending the time to grow and nurture that community online, like you, you sort of, you're going to lose at the end of the day. There's nothing left how else do people find out about what's happening now? I don't think blogs are really popping like that, like a little bit, but not for information. So it's really social media. Um, and if your branding isn't fired, you have to take photos of that. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's an interesting new world that I think a lot of breweries found themselves in. And, you know, obviously guys like yourselves who have had your, you've had to shoot them together for at the very least six years from, from this Kentucky bastard here, the 2014, it's um, you're in a good position, but there's probably a lot of people who are like, "Oh, you know, take, we haven't been doing shit with social media, we haven't been nurturing our audience. We haven't been growing it, we haven't been taking our branding seriously. and then all of a sudden and, you know probably it's, it's going to be a little rough on some people uh, this year might have been. But uh, yeah, it just shows the importance of doing stuff like that. And once again, coming back to, to you know, if you're going to have a be like this and if it doesn't feel like an event, kind of what's the point? In, in bothering to do all these barrel-aged beers, which sounds like a nightmare, like a fun nightmare and a worthwhile nightmare. But if you don't, at the end of the day, I'm sure then from your perspective, of like all the work you put into this beer, and if it's not presented in this fantastic way, you can be like, and it doesn't sort of sell you, like, well, what did I do with this for? What did I suffer for?
2: <laughs> yeah, I will admit, like barrel-aged beers, you know, it's an extra man hour, you know, per hex easily. But at the same time, you, know, you can make something special, which, like, for me, going home, which, again, I haven't done for a couple of years, but I met my family in Florida two years ago. I brought them back a cafe and one of the original UP series. And, like, you know, again, talking about my dad, who only drank amber ales and nothing special, he was just there and I'm like, holy shit, you put this in, like, wine barrels and then you put fruit on it? And it, like, tastes like a dessert. like And I was like, yeah, it's a cocktail in a glass, but at the same time, like... This is like a ten dollar bottle of beer, but you know that's as much you spend on a bottle of white wine. And he's like, oh, whoa, 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 that's not a beer price. I'm like, well, it's a cocktail price, all right. So, you know, the fact that we've like the work has been done by the marketing team, like by Liam Cole and the other group, the other guys. Like, you know, it it now looks like a main event, which you have to say when you're looking down an LBO shelf and you see something in a box in the beer aisle, you're like, what the fuck is that? Every yeah. time.
0: Like, not even a question. Then if – can they – are there other beers that have this metallic label that aren't in a box that they can see, that people can see on the shelf? Because this would stand out – excuse me, even just the reflection of the light alone. Is that anything that people can see? I
2: don't think we've seen any metallic labels. Yeah, have we? Sorry?
1: Anything barrel aged that's not in a box? No, or metallic labels. Metallic
0: labels. No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, it's even cooler because when you take it out of the box, like, whoa. Like, it yeah, has, like, special. once again, it contributes to that. Well, I just dropped 10 bucks on this beer. This beer better be good. And, exactly, you know, then you got the wax seal, which is always just, like, a fun time. Like, it just always means, like oh, like you said, it protects from oxidization And, you know, you know it's something serious. It's just like a nice, but these days, particularly if you're going to spend your money, maybe something that like a lot of people might not have. The same amount to spend on beer as before, and if they're taking the chance and and dropping some some you know maybe they could get three naughty neighbors for the price of a Kentucky bastard. Um, they're really hoping that you know this beer is going to be fire, and at the very least they feel like it's going to be fire. Then when they open that bad boy, they're like, oh shit, this lived up to my expectations.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's all perception too, right? Like you know when someone's like, oh, I just want to buy a cheap bottle of wine. It's the same price as an amazing beer, right? Like a $10 bottle of wine is, you know, is the same price as, you know, Kentucky and Kentucky is unbelievable and a cheap bottle of wine is a cheap bottle of wine, right? So it's all about perception, right? That's a great point. When someone thinks about beer, you know, you don't think of it as something that can be you know, high class or something. Right. So, I mean, that, that's sort of the idea behind the box. Again, it's, it's just elevating it. It's just taking it to the next level where it's like, Nope, this beer needs to be celebrated. It's an event. It's uh you know, it's a delicious beer. It's, it's, you know, it's amazing. And it, it's not that cheap. So sort of, it's not that can, you know, it's not just that like that quick can that you want to have. It's, it's needs to be, you know, even shared. Right. Cause I mean, look, I'm sure the three of us have probably necked a bottle of Kentucky ourselves, uh, but no. <laughs> right? it's one of those things that, you know, if, if, you, could share, if you have someone to share it with, then uh, all, all the better, right? hundred percent.
0: Yeah. It's one of those nights. Sometimes if I'm doing like uh, you might be like a night I plan not to drink and then I might be like, Oh, but I could do like a 12% stout by myself. Yeah, uh-huh. Cause I've had no other beers. I'll be fine. Then right. you don't even touch the sides. You're like, Oh, I'm good. But if you've had, like, three beers beforehand, then it's a bit of a
1: problem. I know. I 80%. do that with double IPAs. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to have
2: one, but it's, like, you they, know, nope. 9%. Yeah. It's so... It's, uh, oh, saying that, in the new year, we are releasing a uh, Kentucky... Oh, not Kentucky. It's Bolshevik on raspberries, but in three, 355 cans. Yeah. The, That's going to uh, be a lot of fun. Uh, quick for those late nights. Uh, oh one more beer.
0: So Bolshevik That's is, is the OG bastard barrels. that's not in barrels that no, goes yeah yeah no, it's the base beer that goes into
2: those barrels right so it's
0: the base beer not barrel but added with you said raspberries yeah Woo! now that yo i was cake, if I can say, it yes like- yeah we were talking about that last night we did a podcast with a brewery in uh, quebec city and they uh they did a pastry stout with oreos and they made just for myself another beer writer here in Quebec. They they put it's seven fifties, but they did two three fifty or three thirty mil cans just for the podcast. They had a can, so they just chucked a couple in the cans. And I was like, "This is fucking amazing. This is what it should be. It's a ten percent beer in a three fifty five, which is a personal yeah. serving. Even though this is like, to be fair, this is only five hundred versus this seven fifty, which is why I've had it for six years, seven years. Um, oh yeah." You know what I'm saying? Because I need two, three dudes to drink that with. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, you know, on a Tuesday night, if I'm chilling, I could, <laughs> I could knock this back. You know, whatever. But yeah, I, I really appreciate the idea of, of that that small um, packaging. I really hope and and that that's going to be something in 2021. Obviously, you guys are doing that's amazing. Just, it was just funny because we were just talking about it, and I don't think I'd seen that high ABV stouts packaged in such a small. Uh, a small thing because it's you know even if the this is intense but it's not like sweet say like a pastry which it's sort of like it really yuck like, ah oh, you don't need that much of it to be yeah. satiated and i never want to waste any of these things and that's maybe why some people end up with a cellar because you keep stacking up stuff if you know you can't always drink it so that that format i think is going to be a, a big thing for um stouts moving into next year
2: that's great and is definitely with double IPAs too. When you're hitting that like nine, ten percent range, like yeah. you don't want a four seventy-three count because that's your one beer of the night done kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah anything more than eight? Once it
0: starts creeping over eight, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm with you guys. I'm not. Really Who are we from.
2: kidding here,
1: guys? Come on. We're all friends here. Let's like, just be let's, real. With each other. We're fucking alcoholics. Having
2: having three, four percent beers and having like water. You're not
1: talking to your mother here. You can tell me, guys. You can tell I'm me. Not all, right. Judge
2: you. all right. I've had some dark
1: nights.
0: Yeah, usually, usually I go like a crispy boy, like a six, six and a half IPA, like an eight percent IPA, and then either a, a, a stout or maybe like some sort of a sour. And by that time, I'm pretty, if I'm not sharing, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. <laughs> I wish I had more of a tolerance because I'd, I'd be able to get through more beer, but I just, I just don't. So like <laughs> I could do this. I have, I've had like, I've made, because of the pandemic, I used to get sick a lot last year because I'd be drinking all the time. I just wait till I felt shit and then not drink. But yeah. now this year I've got, I drink four nights a week strict. And it's the same four nights, and that's it. Tomorrow night, next two nights, I'm going to drink it. doesn't matter. So I tried it. I've broken it maybe three times in the last what seven, eight, nine months, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like I did. I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's like 11 p.m. because we're like late nights. So it would be like 11 p.m. And I had dinner. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'll have a stout. Fuck it. Like a cellar stout. And I'll grab something that's 10%. Yeah. I'll drink it to myself, and I'm fine. Like seriously, I don't even feel tipsy. And I'm a like I'm a lightweight. I am I am soft. I'm not a big I'm not good with volume. Yeah. And I'm like you can drink something like this with no problems. Um or nothing. But then you've got this, you know, the double IPA, the the IPA, this the the crispy boil something beforehand, and then yeah no. This is a little <laughs> yeah. so not feeling
1: stomach, that's a
0: killer. Oof. I mean, I I didn't even have enough, I had a little bit of a snack before this. Normally, I tried to have a pod, uh, a full dinner before the podcast. I'm going to have it afterwards. so I'm going to try and take it easy. So, so Tiff, just hold on to that for a second, because <laughs> I'll I'll keep talking. I'll just keep sipping, and then all of a sudden, it's going to be a, you know the night's over. I'm not trying yeah. to be I'm not trying to be Ben out here. I'm not getting up at six a.m. You know,
2: I respect. I was, I was terrified about how this would go, so I had a full burger, chip dinner. And had the greasy lining And I feel pretty good right now I won't lie It's, it's the there move you, you did the right
0: thing It's always better to be for Before the podcast Always do it I've done it so many times and just been hungry and tired By the end Like, fuck. <laughs> It's a marathon well, I,
2: text, I texted Pat midweek Just being like Hey I saw you went on the BOS podcast How, how did it go? He was like Eat beforehand You're going to be fucked <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, He didn't lie to you at all <laughs> but i think you did the right thing because we chose a nice balanced uh amount of beer and it's always good because when you do this one last you don't have to finish this on air that's that's the thing you can sip that and pass out beside the bed with uh with that bad boy you know yeah definitely it's it's a little easier uh jeff is saying here he goes i guess there's cause and effect in black and equilibrium in black as opposed to the white ones before uh, the branding hasn't made me not buy your beer. I guess there's always room for something new, though. So he's saying he likes the branding. Uh, right. He's saying uh, he goes Monday to Thursday, no beer every week. That's good, man. Got to keep those promises to yourself. Thanks for this, guys. Fantastic show. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks for all the comments, man. Um, boys, this has been great. I'm, I'm conscious of the time. It's 20 past 10. Ben, I don't want you to be uh, you know, too too snoozy. But this has been awesome. Uh, I'm really glad we did this, like I said, before we, uh, we, we kick it on the 29th. For the holiday party in a box, which is going to be super fun. Um, where can everyone find either you guys individually, if you so please, or Nickelbrook online?
2: Ben, where are you at, bro? Uh, I, uh, I'm actually not on social media. I'm sorry, guys. I like it. Uh, God, I'm the most boring man alive. I You're mean. killing me. Uh, but uh, Nickelbrook posts enough about me annoyingly on their own social media. Uh, but, uh, we are, again, like we said, the, uh, Christmas party in a box on December 29th, we would love to, you know, promote that enough. We're going to have you guys on you and Tiff going to be on. We've got random Faro. We've got three bands who I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, a comedian, and, too. yeah. Liam, what about you? Where can I find you online? I'm at, uh, Liam motor
1: on Instagram and at Liam underscore mode on Twitter um how do you spell really that really like uh yep. l-i-a-m is my first name and then m-o-a-t and then e-r perfect and then I, I, uh holiday party in a box uh the three of us are gonna be back at it baby it's gonna be drinking dangerous. another barrel aged monster Ooh. so oh
2: gonna yeah I like to say sorry we're doing the whiny bastard right we're doing whiny yep. bastard do you guys have a cheese that you would like to prefer? Oh, I
0: love it. Uh, You're asking the right people. Um, you know what? Yo, fuck. There's this cheese that we get here in Montreal, and it's a, a red wine cheese from Hamel, the uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, fromagerie place. Do you want me to find out the name of it?
2: Yes, please. Email it to us, and I might be able to get it from my cheese guy. Yo. Uh, you have a cheese guy? Of course yeah, he has a cheese I guy. Come on. Jesus.
0: Um, Dude, I'm white in English. Of course I've got a cheese I said Jesus. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> that's me, get guys. Get the name of wine. Thanks again. It's from uh, – <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm making a reminder now so I don't forget. But I know there's a um, – I think it's from Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken. We used to. We used to get it, like, all the time. Um, I'll find out the name for sure. It's fire because it's like a hard cheese. Like normally my go-to would be like a triple cream brie, but because it's a wine cheese, you can kind of taste it, but it's kind of like a little hard, almost like a hot, like not quite like a hard cheddar, but like this middle ground thing. It's, a am Don't worry. I'm going to get that too. Um, So holiday party in a box. And where can everyone find Nickelbrook beer? It's it's at Nickelbrook uh, brewing on Instagram at Nickelbrook beer on Twitter. Fuck, I'll do it for you and it's at Book yep. Brewing I think on Facebook too yep and nickel what's
2: the and eating we're Ontario wide uh, from our store yep and we do door drops in the GTA and Greater Hamilton area I love it
0: out here who gets to drop it off do you get to see Liam's pretty face when he drops it off give you a kiss on the cheek boom, boom, or not
1: quite yeah um, thank you <laughs> COVID
2: you know,
0: so, two on each cheek take it yeah two double bang yeah. one two one two yeah <laughs> Take that COVID. Take it. Get yeah, that asymptomatic more COVID, COVID more time right time. there. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, this has been a genuine pleasure. I'm actually uh, 10 times more looking forward to the holiday party in the box now. Um, hey,
2: when the pandemic's over, you're coming down to the brewery to do another podcast, oh, right? not a No, promotion. we're going to Quebec. Oh, oh yeah. This oh. couch has your name on it. I got 2014,
0: bastard. 2017, 2019. You can bring the gaps. Boom, boom. We're about to get fucked up. I'll bring the oh, buckets man. for the vomit. Don't worry about it. I'll have some cheese. it's about to be a problem boys this has been a ton of fun you guys are legends Uh, stick around oh we have to do the thumbnail so I always forgot almost forgot almost forgot like I haven't done this before so hold up something I'm going to do a screenshot
1: ah shit I'm going to hold up what Ben isn't holding up yeah there you go just to be different Uh, just to
0: be uh, contrarian just hold something up oh my god Y'all ready? There we go. Ready? Oh, that was gorgeous. That was like the baby Jesus took the photo himself. Oh, fuck! Oh, praise him. And whatever, it's the end of a podcast. Who sticks around this long? Am I right? Um, <laughs> if you do well, I've,
1: I've checked out.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it was me, I would have. I would have, like listened to this over six days and shit. Um, Stick around at the end or we'll wrap up on the Skype thing. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new year drops. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast. And check out the long-form audio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts everywhere. You can hear extraordinarily attractive gentlemen like Liam and Ben talk about craft beer every week we're here next week final podcast of the year taking a break because we have been going extra hard i need it please bear with me we'll see you guys the next episode peace